You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, if you're going to draw it up, if you are going to draw up a spectacular, bordering, perfect Philadelphia sports weekend, let's check some boxes here. Phillies win game one in Atlanta against Spencer Strider. In fact, they shut them out. Atlanta has been shut out all year at home. Okay, check. Uh, Eagles win, and Jalen Hurts deals. His legs are back, and the passing game's back. Check. Check. Let's put one more check here, Derek. And the freaking Cowboys lose. Check, check, check. check. Boom, boom, boom. Let's go, everybody. Welcome on in. No, 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 bro. I must clarify. I must clarify. Yes. The Cowboys didn't lose. They got annihilated. Yes. (laughs) Even better. Even better. Smoked. (laughs) Annihilated. Thrashed. Whatever whatever adjective you want to use. Morning, peeps. Morning, morning, morning. What is up, my friends? What is up, everybody? What is up? I see each and every one of you guys. I appreciate each and every one of you guys in the chat. Everybody streaming, everybody listening. You guys are the best. What is going on, everybody? Gunner, uh, how are you, my friend? How was your weekend? It was a, b- a busy weekend, but a very productive weekend. You know, made the trip back and forth to Ocean Casino. Yep. Had fun doing the shows. 
Um, now I'm back to talk about what has transpired over the weekend and what is to come this evening. What about you, my friend? How was hey, your Matt, weekend? Uh, excellent. Excellent. Uh, great. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I had a good, uh, good weekend ready to roll today, man. And if you're a sports fan in this city and I love seeing all the excitement from the folks, man, it's awesome. Um, uh, what's cracking we, baby. What's yeah, cracking? absolutely, man. If you can't get up for this, if you can't get excited about this, then, it might be time to turn in the, the, the sports card for you. It might be time to do your, something your else. Fandom, your fandom card. Yeah, it might be time to start gardening or, or doing something else. But anyway. Hey, 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 hey. What's wrong sorry. with gardening? I you can still garden. garden. You hey, can still hey. garden. Uh, <laughs> what's up, Tina? Um, no, but we're uh, yeah, got to be excited. Got to be excited. See Mood Swing Bella uh, in the mix as well. What's up, Mood Swing Bella? Um, yeah, see, I, I'm very Tina's, excited. Tina's back to antagonize me again. Good. Mm. She needs to keep you, you know, mm. balanced. Um, no, Big but it's, it's What's great. up, baby? Yeah, no, M. Ray is doing his thing. Oh, I didn't, I didn't give you a countdown. Here we All go. Right. We are seven hours and three minutes away from game two of the Phillies and the Braves tonight. Now, I almost said six. I caught myself because I'm still on my, my noon to three clock, Derek Gunn, but we are 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. So I got one for you also. Okay. Yes. You ready? You ready yes. for this? We are a little more than nine hours away from Green Bay against the Raiders, baby. Boom. Boom. Yes, that is the Monday night game. And we are going to go through all the big games from the weekend, Derek. What's happening in the NFC East? And everybody lost, except for the Eagles. Uh, what happened last night and that just absolute throttling that, that the Niners put on the Cowboys. Something tells me we won't have our Cowboy weasels in the chat today. They're under their rock right now, Derek. Unless you flip it over, they won't be crawling out or just scurrying when the lights come on like cockroaches do. We won't be seeing them. Um, wait, but wait, yeah, you, I mean, you mean the Cowboys that were considered a Super Bowl contender? Yes. You, those Cowboys? Those Cowboys, yes. I, I'm, I'm going to say it right now, and, and I don't care if I upset the apple cart, because you know, Rob, as much as I like to root for the home teams, I'm also a realist. Yes. But after watching all of NFL games, there's no question the 49ers are the most complete team in the NFL right now. I'm not, I wouldn't right argue now. that. Yeah, the, the, the 49ers are playing the best football, period. Like they're right now Man. through five, they're playing the best football of anybody. I would agree with that. Now, what's it look like when they meet December 3rd? What's it look like at the end of the season? We'll see. But sure. I agree with you. A lot I, of road I to totally... travel between now and then, but right now, that t- and Randy Gregory is not even playing yet. He's going to play this week. They had a Randy Gregory on Friday to this team. Are you kidding me? No, listen, I hear you, man. I'm not, Lord. you know me, I keep it real. I'm not arguing. I, I watched the Niners play enough that I know what they're doing on both sides of the ball. So yeah, they're, they're playing extremely, extremely well. So we will get into that Niners game because I, it was uh man, it looked competitive for about a quarter and a half ish. And then man, that second half was just a meltdown city for Dallas. And then the Niners. Oh, my goodness. Oh, when it was 14-7, I said, okay, we got a ball game here. Yep. We got a ball game. But after that, 49 I said, you yep. know what? Um, you know, the Cowboys have been talking. You know, they played us tough the last two times, and we beat them. And, you know, let's just put the pedal to the metal and show exactly. them what we're – man, it was like – it was like a bunch of rabid dogs on meat, on raw meat, dude. I'm telling on both sides of the ball. It yeah. was – and I, I, we'll save it for the football segment. But yes, the 49 scheme across the board on both sides of the ball is ridiculous. Yeah, it is. There's a lot going on there, man. A lot of players. A lot of players. All right, let's start with the Eagles, Derek. So they win 23-14, moved to 5-0 and on the season. Yes. Season. So a couple, couple 
positive, and we'll, we're going to do offense defense breakdown like we always do on Mondays. But uh, I do want to throw some positive out there first. Uh, other than the one mistake with the interception, and that was a mistake. Yes, I thought Hurts, in terms of complete game, dangerous with his legs, ability to get the ball down the field. Uh, his best game of the year. He, he looked like last year's version, in my yeah, opinion, yeah. Jalen Hurts yesterday. Hey, give credit where credit is due. That offensive line yes. was rock solid, giving yeah. him t- time to sit back in that pocket and find his open receivers. Um, you know, you know what's funny? Um, I think we'll both agree. Aaron Donald is a first ballot Hall of Famer. No question. First ballot. In five career games against the Eagles, he has never recorded a sack. Oh, not man. Zippo. He had one pressure yesterday. He was a total non one. Pressure, Derek. If I if I gave him any other name, uh, he's Andrew, Don, you know Donald. You'd be like, uh, all right, and the guy didn't do anything, had no impact. Right, right. And, and this dates back to Doug's years. You know what the common denominator is? What it's Stoutland, and it's a couple of those guys. You know uh, Kelsey and uh, Lane, and a couple of the holdovers. But they're the common denominators. He does nothing against them. The nope. Eagles scheme him up extremely nope. well. And let me give a little love because we probably won't even bring his name up. Sua Opeta has stepped in there yes, sir. pretty seamlessly and done a real nice job for them. I'm not surprised one bit. Um, he's been here a while. He's a he's a graduate of Stoutland University. <laughs> he is versatile. Um, and if you look at his career in Philadelphia, whenever he has stepped in, this line offensive line does not miss a beat. Yep. And to have that kind of – it just, it just amazes me that more teams around the league have not taken the approach the Eagles have taken – in terms of, I will say one team, San Francisco, because they do a great job of building the trenches. They do a great job of that. Um, but the Eagles are second to none in terms of building this team from the inside out on both sides of the ball in trench warfare. Mm-hmm. They make their offensive linemen versatile. Um, you know, even even when he's had two in his past, Lane Johnson has played left tackle, right? You know, when he's had two in the past, you know, um, and that that's that goes a long ways in terms of being more successful or not, because we see so many teams when their front 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 linemen drop, mm-hmm. the, the the backups are not even close to what they have in the front line trenches, and it's such a glaring weakness. Not with this offensive line. Nope. Agreed. Agreed. Let me let me give you a great stat that that Paul Domowich, our buddy Paul Domowich, just put out there uh, regarding Jalen Hurts. Just the back hurts up for a minute. On third down against the Rams, Derek, six for eight, 67 yards and, and one touchdown. Yes. Five of his six third down completions resulted in first downs. In the last two games, he's 12 of 17, a buck 15, a yep. touchdown, and eight passing uh, first downs on third down. So, Jeez. He, you know, he, he's – it's coming, man. It's not all the way there for the entire team, but it's coming slowly but surely. You, you can see they're, they're like a click off – before it really, I think, flips into like hyper gear here, hyper motion. And, you know, getting him back, I thought Goddard early, and it didn't feel like the forced Goddard stuff that wasn't really successful earlier. Right. This right. was getting back to what he does well. Let him get a little space, let him break some tackles. You see the strength that Goddard brings to the table. Uh, that was really encouraging on that first drive, man. Uh, what they were oh, my goodness. Do. You know, um, Sirianni said in his last press conference, we have to do a better job of including Goddard more in the offensive flow. And they come right out. His first, The first drive, four catches for 56 yards. Unbelievable. Right? Four catches for 56 yards. 
That's how you integrate that man. He had 100, 117 yards, I believe, uh, finished on the day. Eight catches, a buck 17. That's what that man should be having every game. I understand the wealth of talent you have. It's hard to get everybody the ball. Because we even saw at one point, it looked like Devonta Smith was on the sideline frustrated because he didn't have a catch for most of the first half plus. And you saw him on the sideline talking to Sirianni. I don't want to read anything into no, it. No, I know. But the camera, I know. camera went over there, and it was so on him, and you see Sirianni talking to him. But then all of a sudden, he got him in. Sure enough, a few plays later, went to him. But, you know, Goddard, the fact that Goddard had 13 catches for 88 yards through four games was a travesty. Right. That's a and we know that's track. not him. We know that's, that's not, him. not him. So not him. that was huge. Um yeah, I'll tell you, it, you, you bring up the sideline stuff. It was interesting, Derek. They were heated yesterday. Like, there were three circumstances instances that I remember, and maybe I'm, I'm missing one if I am, tell me. But when Jalen uh, had the interception, Nick was on him pretty good. And yes. again, you don't want to read yes. too much. We don't know exactly the content of the conversation. Right. Nick, Nick got on him pretty good. Um, D- Devontae, you know what, I don't think was thrilled. Maybe it was touches. I don't know what. But And then then there was Kelsey was really heated. and yes. And – with Nick first and then with Stoutland. And it looked like he was trying to do some technique stuff with Stoutland, like he was grabbing his shoulders. And, it, you know, it wasn't hit. He wasn't grabbing Stoutland out of anger. He was showing him something. Like, like either they're pulling me or we need to do this or whatever. But, like. Well, I will say this, not to cut you off, but but um, I saw the clip after the game. He was asked about that. And basically what his frustrations were is that they're kicking way too many field goals. He said they've got to get this red zone offense up to par. Did you know that before this game, the Eagles have kicked more field goals than anybody else in, in the NFL? Yeah, it's now, it, it, right. Just to give you a stat, last season they were 69% efficiency in the red zone. The year before, they were 62% efficiency in the red zone. Going into yesterday's game, they were 46% efficiency mm. in the red zone. They came out of yesterday's game two for six in the red zone. So that's where Kelsey's frustration lies. He says, you know, when you look at the talent we have on this offense, there's no way we shouldn't be much better in red zone efficiency. And you can't argue with that. It's true. Derek, no argument. They they went in 24th. Going into yesterday, this dipped. Going into yesterday, they were 24th in red zone efficiency, meaning scoring touchdowns. Yeah, like it's great. You have Jake Elliott and he's automatic. But you you will lose to the Niners, to the Dolphins, to oh my Seattle, Bills, kicking oh my field goals instead of scoring touchdowns. That's got to improve. It it to me, it's priority one for this offense. Like that when you start with what they have to improve on, and when Nick's on the plane last night flying back with his staff, that's the first thing I'm working on. Yeah, pr- you know the first priority was to get the passing game up to speed. We saw that last game and carried over into this game. Yep. Now, secondly, it's getting this red zone efficiency down. There's no excuse for this team not being at least sixty-eight to seventy percent efficient no. in a red zone. There's no. no excuse for it. And I, mean, I know, like, I will say this: I I thought on the drive that put them up twenty-four thirteen or twenty-three yeah. fourteen that made it two possessions. Mm-hmm. I think he went uber conservative. Because he felt like if I get up, get up two scores here, we're fine. Like, I think he probably would have called it a little bit differently, Derek, had it been like a tie game yes. or you were down or whatever. So I do think a little bit of that comes into play. But nonetheless, your your point is dead on. Yeah. They have to get way, way better. It's it's the one thing that's dragging him down right now as an offense. Like, if they're scoring touchdowns, that game's a route. It's, it's not a close game. Oh, my game. goodness. Oh, my goodness. They probably put up 35, 40 points if, the, if they're fishing in the red zone. Yeah. No question about it. But see, that you know, again, I've said it before, I'll say it again. 
the little things that you do not do well in the past, if you continue to do them, will haunt you in the future. You know, so you've got you've got one more. I hate to say it like this. You have one more practice game to get this thing right. And I only say that is because the Jets have no quarterback, although the Jets, man, their ground game was a monster. yesterday. You know what the Jets have? They have a little bit of heart. Uh, they, they have, have some heart. heart. They're not yes. they didn't lay down. No, they haven't laid down. I, the, no. I, I will no. give the Jets props. Yeah. And their have, defense is real. With the with the weapons they have a receiver, they're everybody who can get the ball to them, you know, consistently. Yep. So they're 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 basically a one-dimensional offense with a very good defense. Yes. That's not gonna that's not gonna carry over well against this Eagles offense. No. Now after that game, that's when it get then it gets Miami. real. It yes, gets sir. Real. Yep. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. So we'll we'll as the week goes on, we'll we'll get into the Jets. We'll, yeah, we'll talk about Miami and the Jets from what they did yesterday. Miami just keeps. I mean, they bounce back after last week. Let's put it that way. Oh and my they, goodness. The Jets, I, I got to tell you, Derek, I don't know about you. Just I don't want to get off on a, you know, down a rabbit hole here. But I, I have, I take pleasure in watching Sean Payton lose. I'm really enjoying this. Like, I don't care about Nathaniel Hackett, but because of all the crap that he got before the season started right. and all the yapping that Payton did, that was pretty sweet yesterday. I got to tell was, you. I was a big fan of Sean Payton until he opened his mouth back in July and said that about another guy in his fraternity. Yeah. Uh, if it was a young, inexperienced coach, okay, you give him a mulligan. This man's been in the game a long time. Um, there's no question about it. You know what you're supposed to say and what you're not supposed to say. And what he said about Nathaniel Hackett is unforgivable. You don't say that. Even if even if everybody in the NFL circle believes that it was one of the worst head coaching jobs, that, that was along the line of an Adam Gase type coaching job for a season. Even if you believe that, you just don't say it publicly you know, to embarrass when you're yeah. Rid of, yeah. No, I, mean, I think what you, what you do is you can come in and say, hey, look, um, we're going to do things our way. We're going to do yeah. the things that we think we need to do here to to move on. But I, I'm not looking in the rear view. I, I'm looking for you know, whatever. I mean, but right, hey, that's right. fine. That's fine. Um, but anyway, so the offense returns. I, and I thought – the called run plays, Derek, and the scrambles yes. looked a lot more like him. La- he wasn't quite as hesitant or sort of picking and choosing. Like he hit it, he hit it, man. And I, I thought, I thought he was awesome yesterday. I really there, did. There, there was one play where Seth Joyner and I, sitting next to each other watching the game, gasped when he took off and he broke one up the middle and he oh, tried yeah. to cut. And you saw his right leg buckle a little bit, and you think, oh my goodness. And then he went down. Because they showed the slow mo replay and you see it wiggle a little bit and you didn't know if it was ankle and even like he popped up, kept playing, kept doing his thing. But you're like, oh my goodness, man, you yeah. you got to be careful because you know how many times have we seen people running the ball or defensive players mm-hmm. make one plant on the surface and a leg or or an ankle or a knee buckles and that's it. You know? I thought that was good. That Kelsey yesterday, not Jason Travis in in their game. I don't know if you saw it, but he made a move after he caught a ball and yeah. cut against against the Vikings and, yeah. and it was non-contact and I'm thinking ooh but he he came back in and he was he seemed to be all right but it was it looked, it looked like one of those yesterday. Hey man, let me tell you something. Kansas City is rewriting the book on how to come back from ankle injuries and knee injuries, man. I mean, it's like they they what what is it with this team? Rick, Rick you know? Burkhalter's like a, a magician, yeah. man. He's my, like a my boy, my boy Rick Burkhalter is the best of the best when it comes to trainers in the NFL. I agree with you. He, if for people who don't know what we're talking about, he was the longtime Eagles trainer yeah. here with Andy, and then he went with Andy to Kansas City. So he's a, he's a big time. He and and as good a guy as you'll ever meet. So it's just it's just yes. an awesome dude. Um, 
So yeah, obviously we're we're gonna dip into the to the offense, the defense. You know, um, Derek, we we just one other thing. Probably yes. won't talk about it. Also, yes, I don't find us complaining every week about the special teams anymore. No, no. Props to Michael no. Clay. No, no, no. Pro- no obviously, no, Jake no. Elliott's a beast. But props to Britton Covey for the return yes. game, and they're doing a nice job on their coverage. Unit yes. Too, so Covey had another nice return yesterday. Yep. You know. Um, and, and I said on our post game show, uh, you know, and I know we joke about him calling Crash Covey, and you know, I think he's in. I think he leads the NFL in return he's number yards. one. He's okay. number one. The yep. only complaint I have with Covey is he runs too straight up. Now the dude's only five eight five nine, but you've got to do a better job of protecting your body. He's already had one concussion. Yeah. You know, the good runners when they feel that pressure coming, they brace, they get down lower so you can't get a direct shot on. Them. This dude takes too many shots up high. I agree. That's the only knock I have on Covey. But, you know, I love he was talking last week. I, I don't know who it was. And he said, I know people make fun, you know, fun of me, um, you know, taking all these hits and stuff like this. He said, but I'm never going to stop trying, you know. And that's all you can have. I oh, mean, he's what got a, a lot ra- of heart. Yeah, he's got no, a lot of heart. What a rags are rich story. He's not he's not supposed to be on anybody's NFL roster. No, no. He's lucky to be in the NFL. And he's taking advantage of every opportunity given him. He's tough as nails. He's sure-handed. And he doesn't care what anybody says. He's going to keep competing at the highest level possible. He's one of those players who, who truly understands what I have today could be gone tomorrow. I'm not an elite athlete. Sure. You know, sure. My, my my clock is ticking a lot faster than a lot of players in the NFL. He understands that, and he's approaching it as such every single time he gets an opportunity. No question. Um, all right. So uh, Eagles, like I said, tw- in about uh, 10 minutes, we're going to go hard on the offense, then defense after that. Uh, Phillies mentioned uh, play tonight, 607 start. Derek, I, we talked about this Friday. Uh, I thought the most difficult game for this team, for the Phillies, was going to be game one. Yes. Strider yes. has owned them in the certainly in the regular season. Yep. Um, you know, Suarez, you didn't know what you were going to get. And game one there and all, the, all everything that went into it. And to the Phillies' credit, man, and Rob Thompson pushed every button. I mean, we're going to talk yes, to Tom McCarthy in a little bit about this. But, you know, Taking Suarez out that early in the game is a gutsy move, and it can make you look no. real bad if, yes. if it doesn't work out. And, man, I mean, he was like playing chess. He was a chess master on that on that I, night. I'm, I'm telling you, dude, people people across the country who are Philly fans are going, what the heck are you doing taking Suarez out of this game? Yeah, he got in a little bit of trouble, but so what? Yeah, Get a man a chance to work himself out of it. He was dealing. He was excellent. Excellent. Give him a chance to work out. I mean, you pulled him mm-hmm. after what, three and a third? Three, yeah, three and two third, I think. Three and it was. two thirds. You pulled him, and yeah. you see how distraught he is in, oh. in the dugout. And, and Rob had to have a translator go over to explain a, explain the strategy to him. Yep. And, and then when you saw who was his replacement, Hoffman? Hoffman. Hoffman, Hoffman gets out of yep. that jam, and you see him like breathe a sigh of relief and then turn and either walk to sit down or go into the clubhouse. Yep. Um, but you could tell, man, it was like, are they blaming me for this? And they're not even giving me a chance to get out of this. Yeah. Um, you know, but every move that that Thompson made in game one in Atlanta was a was a, a move of perfection. Yeah. No question. That worked. And, and and the here's the other common theme here. Harper is just money in big games. Uh-huh. I mean, again, uh-huh. again with the home run. Uh, and, and you just look at his night. I mean, he's on base the whole night. And yes. You know, just making plays, steals. He advances on the wild pitch, which ends up being huge. And then, yeah. probably the defensive play of the year for the Phillies is the turn. Oh, I mean, oh, my it, it, it's the combination of clutch and just pure great defense. And how about the turn by Stott? 
Stott just freaking whips that thing on the turn to, to get to. It was whew, big time. If that, if that ball gets on the Turner's club, the momentum is completely different momentum shifting game. Yep. There were a couple of times in the game when Atlanta had their bases loaded and couldn't capitalize on it. Um, and that play by Turner, that basically took all the wind out of Atlanta sail. That was yep. it. It was over. Yeah. Yeah. It was over. And I just I just think the Phillies right now psych- psychologically are in Atlanta's head from last season. I, I think agree. it's the same. And Phillies go down to Atlanta first game last year. Boom. Win that game. Mm-hmm. And now they're playing with house money tonight. Knowing yeah. they got two coming back home. And you got Wheeler on the hill tonight. And Nola, and Nola pitching the next game the way he's pitched the last three hours. I'm telling you, you're I Derek, I so agree. Like sports is so there's the psychology of things is so big. And I think right now Atlanta's like, man, you know, we score 5.8 runs per game. This team shuts us down at our place. We have been shut out all year in Atlanta. They get yes. shut out. Yes. And and yes, they're thinking about last year, like. Man, this is exactly how it started last year. They took game one. Like, exactly. There's no doubt that's in their head. There's no question in my mind. So that was that was enormous, man. And and props all around uh, in that game. The other thing to keep your eye on tonight is Max Fried's blister on that left yep. hand on the pitching hand. Yep. Yeah, that he, that could be big. He's he's they they claim he's all right, but we'll see. You know, we'll see about that. Um, and then, so then you had that Saturday night. You had the Eagles in the four o'clock window yesterday. And then the topper last night, like we mentioned, Dallas getting smoked. And I know, Derek, there was debate from some Eagles fans. Is it better for Dallas to win or the 49ers to win? Right. And I, and I get it. I get it. Because if you look at it from the standpoint, you if the Niners lose, there's only one undefeated team. Right. If Cowboys lose. You get a two, two, games two gun, yeah. Yeah, game advantage of them in the NFC East. I just can't bring myself, even if it helps the Eagles to to, to <laughs> for Dallas to win. I can't do it. I, I, I think you were going there. I, I can't. I'm there. sorry. I can't do it. Um, so I took great pleasure in watching them get beat down. Yeah, I did. Like great, great pleasure. It was it was like I slept well last night, man. I gotta <laughs> tell you. I slept really well. <laughs> so oh, it, was, uh, it was nice. Yeah, it was nice. Um, all right, let's get a timeout. Let's come back. Let's dive into the offense, Derek. Uh we, we mentioned some of the things with Hertz. We'll get a little bit deeper. Man, they're starting to rack up some crazy numbers overall over the last two years in terms of winning, you know, with Sirianni, with Hertz, et cetera. Yep. Uh, we'll look at third down where they were excellent, excellent on third down. Again, dominate time of possession. I mean, by more than a quarter. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll we'll dip into all of that when we get back. All right. So hang in. Uh, we got Tom McCarthy coming up at twelve thirty from Atlanta. So we'll talk T Mac, but Eagles offense on deck and then defense in the hole after that. He's Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take Jacob Sports YouTube Network. I want to tell you about Bravo Pizza. What what better way to to get set for the game tonight? All right, Phillies, 607, perfect, right? Hit Bravo Pizza of Habertown. Uh, I've been going there since I was a kid. They are family-owned since 1985. They have just absolutely spectacular pizza, 20 different styles. They have slices to go. They have the upside down, which I love. They have specialized pizza. However you like it, they will make it. But if you're not up for pasta, maybe you had pizza over the weekend, or for uh, not up for pizza, you might want some pasta, you might want some sandwiches, wraps, wings, salads, they have it all. They get you covered. Uh, and, you know, the, the beauty of Bravo Pizza of Havertown is they really appreciate their customers and the folks around them. Uh, they do a lot for the community. They have fundraisers for charity schools, little leagues, where the proceeds go to those organizations. You could follow them at the Bravo Pizza of 
at the Bravo Pizza of on Instagram and Facebook for daily specials and promotions in the menu. Uh, they're at 1305 Westchester Pike Manoa Shopping Center, Havertown, 1305 Westchester Pike Manoa Shopping Center, Havertown. Give them a call right now, 610-446-3810, 610-446-3810. Bravo Pizza of Havertown. I remember getting my heart broken when they lost the Super Bowl in 2004. We're big Eagles fans. We moved to South Philly because of the Eagles. When they won, we went straight to Broad Street and uh, everybody was going nuts over there. And it was just a, a memory that you'll never forget. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the stakes and the stakes, go to get your parlay on, go to get your party on, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to Ocean, visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We wanna be your staffing partner. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. Soganow helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. 
Happy Monday, gang. Thanks for hanging out with us. Sports Day, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. That's D-Gun. I am Rob Ellis hanging out with you. Uh, a lot of good stuff to discuss, Derek. You know, it's the mm. challenge when you're a host and you're creating content is when, you know, it's slow. You know, we, we get to like, say, I don't know, late June and it's not training camp yet. And right, right. yes, you have the Phillies, but there's, you know, none, none of the other sports are playing and all those kind of things. You think, man, how am I filling a show? How are we doing this segment? How, uh, no, no such problem. Um, so no. thankful as a host. Okay. Grateful. Let me tell you. Um, all right. Let's, so let's start with the offense and look, the point total isn't going to blow you away. And that goes to what we were talking about with the red zone. But so 23 points normally is it's mm -hmm. under their, their season average. It's, eh, it's okay. It's not great, but you saw a lot of good things in the game. So let's start with Hertz numbers here, Derek, 25 of 38. 303 yards passing, a touchdown. He did have the interception, 87.9 passer rating, ran the ball 15 times, 72 yards, 4.8 average, and a touchdown on the ground at the, the late uh, second quarter tush push. Um, really felt like, I, I feel like he and Brian Johnson and Nick, maybe if you want to throw Nick in there too, are starting to find a flow where it's a little bit more, remember you talked, we, the word we kept using was like choppy and, you know, not, not rhythmic or whatever. I feel right. like they're in a better, better rhythm here, at least, at least between the twenties um, as an offense right now. Um, I, I, you can see the slow, but steady evolution of Brian Johnson as a play caller. Uh, his last two games in particular, the play calling and, and deviating from the norm have been excellent. Um, you look at the numbers they've put up, Rob, in the last four games, this offense, and we keep talking about how this offense is not even a finished product yet. This offense has, has gained a minimum of 415 yards of offense in four consecutive games now. The last two have been a thing of beauty. Um, I love how he's mixing it up. Yesterday, the running game was not dominant, but it was efficient when it had to be. The passing game was where it was supposed to be. One mistake, so what? The best the best of the best throw interceptions, so yep. what? He underthrew the ball to A.J., boom. And a, and a cornerback made an incredible uh, body control catch for the interception. It was a heck of an interception, yeah. And look, opposition gets paid just like the Eagles get paid. Yep. You know, you got ballers on both teams. Uh, but outside of that, when he had to step up and run, the few quarterback draws that were called for him were timely. I, we still don't know what percentage – of, of the plays when they're run are actually called from the sideline compared to Jalen stepping to the line of scrimmage and seeing something else and checking out of it to call something else. But you can tell the offensive brain trust between the head coach, the OC, and the quarterback are in sync right now. Yeah. And the thing is, it's still not where it was last year. It's still evolving. Yeah. You know, hey, and we're you five know, weeks in to, to a 17 week in. March. And then, and then, you know, what's after that? So it's, it's a work in progress, but I think you're starting. Whereas I think the first couple of games you were like, I don't really know exactly what they are here. You're, you're starting to see it now. They're starting to figure it out a little bit more. I mean, the offense is growing. They're five and zero. Oh. The offense has averaged a minimum 415 yards a game, and they're five and zero. Oh. You know, I tell me a team that wouldn't take those numbers a hundred times out of a hundred right now. No, I, I mean, as hard as it is to win in this league, every time, every I'm time. With you. I'm with you. All right, so a couple, a couple just things that make you really sit back and think for a minute here. So Hertz is the first quarterback in the history of the NFL to have 30 
plus rushing touchdowns through 50 games. Nobody's ever done that. Not Randall, not some of the guys who had the best wheel, Michael Vick, who had the best wheels in the game. All right. So he, that's crazy in and of itself. He is 21 and one as a starter uh, over his last 22. So like mm-hmm. all he and Sirianni do is win. I mean, honestly, yeah. it's, it's like, if you look at it, it's pretty wild. Some of these things. So Sirianni's got a seven eighteen win percentage as a head coach. That's 28 yeah. and 11 through mm-hmm. 39 games. That's the highest win percentage. It's yes. better than Reed. It's better than a lot of other guys. I mean, yep. they've had 11 straight road regular season wins with Jalen Hurts at, at the helm. Mm. So that's not anything to do. I was, I was talking about this yesterday, Derek. So you tell me if you agree. I'm thinking about, I'm just talking last two years. Can you remember a game where you said to yourself, the Eagles weren't focused? You know, where you, you felt like they came out sloppy, unfocused, overlooking the opponent, not prepared for the opponent, whatever. Like they've lost games, but I never felt, I don't feel that way. Whereas I watch other games and, and I'm telling you, these teams are not ready to play. The Eagles are always ready to play. Um, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, and even when their game has been off, it's not from a lack of execution or a lack of trying. This team does not quit even when they are down. They find ways to win games. They find ways to come back. Um, they're probably one of the top two or three most frustrating teams in all the NFL, and that includes Kansas City and, and, and San Francisco at this point. They just find ways to get under your skin and annoy you to the point where they somehow find a way to come out on top more times than not. You know, it, it is a it is something that is browbeat into their heads from training camp in May all the way through training camp in the summer. Hey, look, everything's not going to be perfect, but we have the talent here to get the job done. And more times than not, especially over the last couple of seasons, they have proven that to be the case. Um, They don't always make consistent great plays. They make great plays when they have to on both sides of the football, whether it's a quarterback sack, a turnover, a big throw, a big run to seal the deal, whatever the case may be, a game-winning field goal. Every phase of what they do has been, okay, but, this year so far, special teams. But, you know, every phase of what they do so far has been pinpoint in terms of getting the results they need at the end. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Jalen certainly rounding into uh, complete form, no doubt about that. We mentioned Goddard. So he ends up for the day, Derek, eight catches, 117 yards, 14 points. I will tell you, on that first touchdown, great throw. Jalen ripped that thing, and Goddard makes a nice catch because he gets hit pretty hard. It was a really nice combo right there. Nice window. He put it right on the money. You saw you saw a safety try to come over at the last second. Too little, too late. Um, so happy for Goddard because he is a consummate teammate. You will never hear him uh, complaining about lack of touches. As a matter of fact, after the game, he said, I'm just blessed to be here. Yeah. I'm not here to make waves. I'm just here to help in any way I can. Basically, I'm paraphrasing what he said. That's the kind of guy you want. Now, he knows. You, you don't think he wants the ball more? You don't think he's frustrated, but he will never say that openly. You know, yeah. Um, he just goes about his business, does what he's asked. I just hope he can stay upright and breathing for the full seventeen games. Yeah, I really yeah. do. Because that's the, the big thing with him. You're oh right. my god, what an added weapon he is when he is on that field. My goodness. So four catches for him, forty-five yards on the first drive. You just kind of knew it was going to be yep. different for him uh, in this game. So he he plays extremely well. Gunner, the thing I think. When A.J. Brown was traded here, I think w- a lot of people sort of viewed it like, all right, he's maybe at the midway point of his career. Like, he's not 
you know, going down, nothing like that, but he's kind of, this is as good as he's going to be. You forget he's 25, 26 years old yeah. and getting better. So yeah. six for 127 yesterday, he's had uh, three straight games of 120 plus yards now. Yeah. He is dominating. I mean, when you have the conversation with top five receivers, if he's not in it, you're not paying attention. No, no. He he will never be confused with the fastest receiver in the game. But in terms of tough, I don't think there's a tougher, physically tougher, you know, other than maybe DK Metcalf, I don't think there's a tougher physical receiver in, in football, a better route runner. He's always finding the open space, knows when to set down in a hole. You know, look how teams play off of him because – they know he could get by them in a minute. They can't out-physical him. And he runs that slant route better than anybody. That timing slant route between him and Jalen is second to none in the NFL. And look how much cushion DBs give him because of his physicality. And then look, what about that one-handed catch he made? Oh, in the, dude's got, the dude's got hands big as big as a catcher's mitt. Yeah. He makes a one-handed check down the middle of the field. Boom. Big gainer. Um, he is the consummate receiver in every way. Big. Fast, not fastest, but fast enough. He can beat he can beat a lot of corners as we've seen uh going down the field. But in terms of physicality, sure-handed, man, I'll tell you what, this dude is is, is a steal. For a hundred million over the next five years, he's a steal. Yeah. Oh, it's incredible. It's incredible how how good he is. And and just you know that that Jalen knows that he's there for him. Like he's the safety blanket, he's his go-to guy, and that's fine. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. And and look, quiet game for Devontae Smith. I, I, we touched on it. I'm sure he's not loving it, but this is the way it's going to be. Someone's going to get the short end of the stick each week. When Goddard yeah. and, and Brown go off and Jalen runs 17 times or 15 times, whatever it was, he, he you, you're just not going to have the opportunities. And it wasn't there. And knowing the way that the Eagles operate, they'll probably look to get Devontae going early against the Jets if they can, just to kind of get him off a little bit. And that's fine. Like, I think Nick handles it well. I think you, there was another shot you saw Nick, he and Nick having a conversation where Nick, I'm sure Nick was saying to him, like, look, man, I, I hear you. Like, I get, I love that you want to compete. Mm-hmm. It just is what it is. Sometimes it, it's the way it works and you roll with the hot hand. Like, am I going to go away from A.J. Brown if he's dominating? Am I going to go away no, from hey, Goddard no. if he's if he's dominating? No. no, I'm not. Especially against the suspect secondary. Yeah. And, they didn't, you know, Rams didn't even have linebackers. Rams had one linebacker who was like 310 pounds. Yeah, big boy. And, and got it and got her beat him um, on a sideline, beat him down to the middle, out and up, and up on the sideline route. There's no way a 310 pound linebacker is going to cover Dallas got it. There's yeah. no way. No doubt. You know, um, but, but a Devontae Smith gets one catch for six yards and they roll up the amount of yards they still roll. Look at the versatility and diversity of this offense. You know, one week is DeAndre Swift who's getting the headlines. Next week is A.J. Brown. Next week is Dallas Goddard, so on and so forth. Devonta Smith is going to have his days coming up. You know, this this team, if they get back to where they were, this offense is virtually unstoppable. Yeah, now, there's a few games. There's a few games coming up. They're going to have to win some shootouts, like 38-35. And I'm talking about Miami-Buffalo. You know, you may, and you may even Kansas City. Oh, yeah. You know, you may have to win a high-scoring shootout, but they have the capability – of winning those type of games. Yeah, Seattle, you're going to have to score points against those teams. There's no question about it. Uh, all right, real positive here was third down, 13 for 18. Oh. Phenomenal. I mean, that's phenomenal. Uh, I gave you the numbers that, that Paul Domowicz put out there, how good Jalen was on third down. So that's something they that, that has been getting better steadily uh, every single week with them, and they were really good. All right, we, we have to bring it up, Derek. 
four for four on the tush push yesterday, including yeah. uh, the end of the half, which I thought really swung the pendulum back to the Eagles when they got that late one. Um, Adam Schefter puts the report out in the morning from ESPN, basically saying the competition committee, uh, the players association, everybody's taking a look at it. They're worried about player safety. When you hear player safety, when you I hear those you. two words, you know what's coming. I That's the you. justification for them eradicating this thing. Now, it, it, it'll be here the rest of the year, yep. but enjoy it while you have it because it's going bye-bye, the tush push. And I, I tell you, Derek, it pisses me off. They are the most dominant team in football at it. Other teams do it at, at 12% less. They pointed this out on the broadcast yesterday. Uh, Kevin Burkhart. Other, other teams in the NFL are 12%. That's a huge difference Yep. than what the Eagles are operating at. And it's a joke. It's a flat-out joke because the other teams can't master it or practice it or are as skilled at it as the Eagles are that you're going to take it away. It makes me feel paranoid. At, at, you know, as a Philadelphian, that it that it's like you know something against the Eagles, even though I don't operate that way usually. But well, you know, considering it was coaches grumbling about it first, and then it was basically um, media people starting to grumble about it across the country, and then when I saw the report last week about the NFLPA and the NFL are now combining to look into this, I said, you know what? I've been saying it for weeks. This is going to go away after this year, or it's going to be some watered down variation of it just like they've done with kickoff coverage and, and the, the overall kickoff game in general, it's going to be some watered-down variation of it. Yeah. If it was any team other than Eagles, if it was Kansas City doing it, oh, it would be headline news every week. You know, if it was one of those, if it was New, New England back in the heyday with Brady, and let's face it, Brady, they had their own version. When Brady was sneaky, you'd have guys behind him pushing him forward. Nobody said anything then. But because it's Philadelphia, and I don't know what it is, it's always just flabbergasted to me. Why Philadelphia is considered like the dark cloud of the NFL for a lot of things. Um, I knew for a fact that they can't change it this year, but I guarantee you when it goes before the owners next year and off in, in the meeting, winter meetings, you're going to see some news, breaking news. The push, tush push has been outlawed by the NFL. You know, it's coming. No, it's going to be as simple as, and I'll tell you what the real reason is because other teams can't stop it, but they're going to, they're going right. to blame it on two giants getting hurt. Okay. Maybe the Giants didn't practice. They both they even came out and said they didn't practice it, basically. So two guys get hurt. The Eagles run it multiple times every week. I'm knocking on wood. I know I'm not trying to mush this, but they seem to be able to stay healthy. Yep. So do it right and, and maybe you don't get hurt. So it's just it's crazy. It, I don't I don't even want to go off on a whole thing. But anyway, they were four for four again with it uh yesterday. Very successful. Um, and that's huge. The other the other thing offensively is. Eagles had the ball for 37.55 compared to 2205. Mm -hmm. So while that can be misleading sometimes, it's not in the Eagles' case because they keep the other team's offense off the field and don't yep. allow them to operate. How big is that element, Derek, potentially if you're playing Miami or the Chiefs or the or the Niners or the Cowboys or the Bills, et cetera? You know, what we, we talk about a lot is uh, the only way for a lot of teams to stay in the games is to control the clock and keep that Eagles offense off the field. And lo and behold, the last two games in particular, it's the Eagles offense that's just mowing down the field. 15, 12, 17 play drives. They had a, a drive yesterday that consumed eight minutes, three seconds. A 17 play drive for eight minutes and three seconds. That's unheard of. It's they had the ability to just out. take you out and, yes. and, and just, just, just ice you, basically. Exactly. You know, and you play football like that, you're not going to lose any games. 
especially when you have the firepower that can score more than the opposition or match it or match the opposition point for point. You're not going to lose many games like that. Right. You know, this team is this team is so good at what it does. And Rob, it's one of the few teams in the league. If you really notice it, this offense doesn't use a lot of motion. You know, you look at some of the better offenses in the league, Kansas City, Buffalo, San Francisco. They got players moving everywhere before the snap, trying to, you know, get defensive players out of position, and it works for those teams. Mm -hmm. This team lines up. Occasionally they have motion, but not every play. They line up and tell you, stop us if you can, and nine times out of ten, teams can't stop them. Absolutely. Uh, it, it, it's a stark contrast to what like the Niners and some other teams do. It's it's very different, uh, the look that they give. All right, so you mentioned it earlier. The red zone's got to be corrected. Two for six yesterday. Uh, it's just not acceptable, and it will cost them. Not it may, it will cost them at some point. So that's got to be fixed. Uh, the other thing that drove me crazy yesterday, Derek, they, they run one of those like wide-out screens for, for – Oh, Quez. the hits pass. Oh, Yes. And he he has two good two blocks in front of him. If he automatic first down cuts it inside, yeah, he's getting at least the first down, maybe more with his speed. He decides he's going to bust it outside for some unknown reason. Loses yards. They don't get the first down. And you know what, man? Like I can't take much more Quez Watkins. He is Um, frustrating as heck. I have said loudly and openly, and I said it on the postgame show last night, I'm rooting for you, Quez, but you got to go. You know, you got to go. You ain't got to leave, but you got to get up out of here. You got to go, Quez. Got to go. Yeah. There's no excuse for not putting your foot in the turf, turning up. He turned – not only did he run to the outside, he turned his shoulder. He turned his shoulder. It's like he didn't want any contact whatsoever on that play. And, and you see Sirianni's animation on the sideline. Ooh, he he said, what the, what the bleep, you know, and you, Quez, what did you say back in the summer? I've got a lot. Well, I got to prove a lot of people wrong. Didn't he, didn't yep. he put out a tweet back in May? Oh, yeah, he, did, he, cursed, did, he did a lot of talking and everything. Yeah. You know? yeah. Receipts um, and all that. I'm keeping. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. And, and that's what you come up with. You have two receivers in front of you that have, have it blocked up perfectly. It was like a short yarded situation. Yeah. And you lost a yard. You lost a yard in a short yard of situation with an with an alley in front of you to pick up easily pick up the first down. Yeah, I think there's no, Derek, there's nothing that frustrates coaches more than when they draw up a play and it works and, and the other guys are executing it. And 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 that happens. Like that's the kind of stuff that I'm telling you. I know Nick has had his back every time publicly, and he did again yesterday after the game. Yeah, he did. That will get you on the bench faster than than all, even maybe even more than a drop. A drop is just a physical error. That's something where you question, does he not want to get hit? You know what I mean? Like you wonder about everything there. It's a bad look for Quez. I'm telling you, it's a really, really bad look there on that. And, and then what happened after that? Zacchaeus you know, was out there. J- J- Jalen rolls to his right on one play, and I think he threw the ball away. And the replay shows Quez Watkins is standing back in, in the back of the end zone, jumping up and down like this. He is wide open. If I'm Jalen, I'm like, man, you ain't getting nothing, man. No. I'm not throwing you the ball. I don't trust you. Yeah, I don't know I'll... if you can trust catch it, you know, let right. alone let me throw it to you. Yeah. So what happened? You're right. Zacchaeus is back out on the field. Yeah. I think Quez's uh, t- touches um, are going to be few and far between moving forward because basically you can't trust him in a big big play situation. You can't. Yeah. I don't know where his head's at. You know they practice these plays every day in, in, in practice. How do you not know to turn about you? As soon as you got your hands on the ball, if you stuck your foot in the ground and turned up first down, you took you take the ball and go further outside, and the sideline is a defensive player's friend. 
Right. Basically, all right. they had to do was push you towards the sideline, play over, loss it down, got to kick a field goal. And you're not that guy, like the super strong guy is going to be breaking tackles either. Like you got to take it where you can get it. And the other yep. thing is yep. you don't get a lot of opportunity. So when they do call your number, you better deliver on a play that was actually, you know, drawn up properly. And, and, yep. and so anyway, that so those are the things, I, you know, as far as I thought the running game was solid. It, again, it was kind of like last week. It wasn't spectacular but it was solid enough. Like Swift got you enough, uh, you know, and Jalen obviously was good on, on, on the ground as well. So there was enough there from, to keep it balanced where you weren't one dimensional, just throwing the ball, Um, you know, and, and would you like to see maybe a little bit more Kenny Gainwell or or more from him? Yeah, I think so. I I think they'll, they'll probably scale a little bit back Swift's touches. I would think it feels like he's getting a lot for a guy who's had some injury history. But I don't know. I mean, he's 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 obviously been very good for them um, so far. So we'll see what ends up happening there in terms of touches. I'll give you a couple other numbers, and then we'll uh, move on to the defense here. But so uh, a couple things that stand out to me. The Eagles are the first team I mentioned since 1991 to lose the Super Bowl, start the next season off 5-0. and mm-hmm. Sirianni, uh, eighth coach in NFL history to have back-to-back seasons at five and zero, pretty darn good. They're nineteen and three over the regular season in the in the last two years. Uh, are the Eagles? Um, Jason Kelsey made his one hundred and forty fourth consecutive regular season start, which ties him with John Runyon, who went from two thousand to two thousand eight without missing a game. Uh, the longest for an offensive lineman in Eagles history. Uh, remarkable stuff. I mean, really remarkable stuff. You can't you can't script this stuff any better. You really can't, you know, um, you, 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 but you, you know, the way they're playing right now, you have to finish off what you didn't finish off last year. At this point, the way you're playing right now, you have to get back to that destination and you have to make that wrong a right this year. And I'm talking about the Super Bowl, and, you know, I, I, they're in good shape. They're as good as, as any team in the NFC. It's going to come down to home field advantage between them and the 49ers. The way that both teams are playing right now, who gets the home field advantage in the playoffs? Um, but you have to get back there. You know, this fan base is salivating right now, looking at this team, and they're still evolving on both sides of the football. Oh, still yeah. evolving, you know, but you have to get back to that destination because, you know, usually when we talk about this at the end of the season, if the Eagles don't get to the Super Bowl, what they accomplished last year is the season a, a failure. Well, they got to the Super Bowl, and it was an extreme disappointment that they lost, but it wasn't a failure. If you put up similar numbers this year in terms of wins and losses, and you don't get back to the Super Bowl, this season was a failure. No question about it. Totally. I, I, listen, 100%. That's where the bar is. It's like There's no in-between. There's no, oh, they play tough in a, in a, in a divisional round or, or right. a conference. No. It's get there and win it. it. It's not even get there. It's get there and win it. Yes. Um, so the positive is what you're seeing, they're getting better each week, I think, offensively. The, you know, they, they've shown you they can beat teams in a lot of different ways. They yes. pounded it on the Vikings, and they pounded it on the, on the Bucks in the run game. And then the last two weeks, they were really carried more by their, by their passing game. Great. I don't care how you do it. Just do it. I don't do that. And it's not a beauty contest either. But, yeah, fix some of these things, which I think they will. And you're right, Derek. You basically have like one more game, and and granted, that Jets defense is nasty, but you have one more game where you can 
probably not be on your full blown A game as an offense. Yep. Because after that against Miami, uh uh-uh. uh, uh uh, <laughs> man. And we're, we'll talk about Miami later. They got back on the uh, on the bus. Wait, where do you hear this? Where do you hear the stat I'm going to give you about Miami's offense later when we when we run through all the NFL games? I mean, you talk about impressive. Yes, they lost the game, but you talk about impressive offensive juggernaut right now. The numbers yeah. this this number is going to like, and I'm sitting there looking. I'm like, can that be true? From so wow. many different like people i mean they have so many different options too. where the heck they get this running back a coon from what's his uh, name a yeah where do you get him from the guy's averaging 13 yards per carry I, I don't know man i mean and mostert's nasty and waddle's back wow. and it seems like every week there's a 60 yarder from tyree kill uh, i don't you know cannot, you cannot cover tyree kill you cannot cover tyree kill nobody yeah. That's not a knock on anybody who tries to. He is just that good, just that fast. You cannot cover Tyreek Hill. Yeah, it's unreal. All right, we're going to come back. Eagles defense, Derek. Uh, The team that pitched a shutout in the second half of this game. Zero points allowed to the Rams in that one. All right, we'll come back with the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Coming up at 1230, Tom McCarthy is going to join us. We'll talk Phillies preview game two of the NLDS in Atlanta. Phillies up one game to nothing. Our full-blown NFL segment. Coming up at 1 o'clock, as we always do, we'll get into each and every game. Injuries, we'll update you on all kinds of stuff uh, around the league. So we'll do all of that when we get back. Don't go anywhere. That's Derek. I'm Rob. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. All right, knowing who to trust with your finances, right? It's scary. Uh, can be something where, you know, you, you you feel like, I'm not an expert, man, but I want to make sure that I'm being taken care of. I, I felt the same way. I found the right person that I trust, and that's Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group. And for you, it could be any number of things, retirement planning, you know, your 401k, you're not thrilled with your insurance setup, uh, either at work or your policy that you have, whatever the case may be. You're trying to start uh, employee benefits at, at a company, a business that you own. This is another resource that Jim can help you with. Uh, I've entrusted my IRA, my 401k rollovers with Jim, and it was the absolute right move for me. It will be for you as well. You can give him a call and you get, he'll consult you. If you're not sure. You know, uh, this is what I'm looking at. I'm not really sure about this. Okay, let's talk about that. This might be the best solution for this. 610-996-4751. That's how you reach him. 610-996-4751. You can always email him as well. Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y dot Jim at principal.com. That's Murray dot Jim at principal.com. you own a company and you're not producing a podcast you're missing out the public consumes messaging when they're ready join the professional podcast network of companies and let jacob media partners put you in the podcast arena come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast call jacob media right now at 267-261-3428 267-261-3428 my name is dr bruce grossinger 
and I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. are doing well on this monday give me some of those dry cheerios (laughs) i know right um all right so gunner this appeared to be when the game started yesterday after the first two series i'm thinking this game might get in the 40s for both teams it it looked like it had shootout written all over it uh after both teams just went down the field and, and cooper cup is dominating you're saying to yourself oh boy here we go um Things kind of settled down in the second quarter. Yes, L.A. got the the Puka Nakua touchdown where he beat Bradbury. Um, But really, after that, Derek, they slammed the door shut. The Eagles shut him out in the second half completely. And I'll tell you, I I really like the adjustment they made to Cup. So the first series on Cooper Cup, Mm -hmm. five catches, 56 yards. Rest of the game, three catches, 62 yards. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying he didn't do anything the rest of the way, but that's that's a major switch. And I'll tell you what. Bradley Roby got thrown into the mix uh, right away here, Gunner, uh, in that slot because what they were doing early wasn't Goodrich. You know, he, he look, he's a kid, and you're asking him to go against one of the more savvy guys yes. out there in the game. It's a tough ask for him. Well, you know, it's funny because on a pregame show, I got a text uh, from somebody that said, how much Ro- will Roby play in this game? And the response I got back was, he will play, but he's not in shape. And I mean, you think about it. He's been sitting at home all this time. The Eagles add him on Friday, basically. And he's basically got to get himself in game shape. But that just tells you, number one, how concerned this Eagles defense was, the coaching staff, about the pass coverage in general. And number two, he was much needed. I love the way he didn't play first half, but all of a sudden he's playing and he's following Cooper Cup the second half and basically shut him down. 
Mm-hmm. Basically shut them down. That first half, one time they had Goodrich on cup. Next time they had Eli Ricks on cup. Next time you saw, they tried everybody they could think of on Cooper Cup. But Cooper Cup is one of the best technicians in the game. Yeah. And you can see that Puka uh, Nakua. Uh, has learned his lesson well from Cooper Cup because Puka is also a very good route runner for a rookie. For a 22-year-old fifth-round pick out of BYU, he has already established himself as an excellent route runner, and he's got sure hands. Cooper Cup is as difficult as anybody as there is to cover in the National Football League. You know, he may not be the fastest, but my goodness, you talk about shifty, sure-handed, and my goodness. So when the Eagles made that adjustment on him in the second half and took him out of the game, it changed the entire complexion, the entire complexion of the Rams passing game. I, I'm with you. Um, I thought it was really impressive. It, it This was really a day where I thought Sean Desai shined. Um, you know, it, 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 we obviously we talked about the offense in the last segment, but I want to give him a lot of props too, because it, it looked like a day where the defense is really going to get beat up here, and they didn't. And uh, a lot of it had to do with, I think, some of the things they did in, at halftime because we're always screaming for adjustments to be made. And it felt like they made, yeah. you know, really good adjustments. So uh, a couple things. One, as they have done most of the year, they just completely took the running game away from the Rams. 54 yards on the ground, just an average of 3.9. Mm-hmm. But the other thing, they held them to a season low 195 passing yards, Derek. Yep. So it wasn't it wasn't just taking cup away. Nakua, yeah, I mean, those guys got a, got a few here and there. Atwell got a few here and there. But all in all, you know, they, they didn't, there was really, I didn't feel threatened. They didn't feel like it was a big threat in the second half uh, from the Rams. No, once they came out and stumbled when that first series, um, I, I felt the Eagles had them right where they wanted them. And as they continue to build that lead and force them to pass more, they they started getting much better pressure on, on Matthew Stafford. And because he's dealing with that hip, first of all, Matthew's not a great scrambler to begin with. And, and we don't know how bad that hip was. He performed well in the first half with it. Why? Because he had time in the pocket. He sat in that pocket and picked him apart. He didn't have to move much in that first half. Once they started getting consistent pressure on him second half, it, met, it messed up that, that inner mechanism of timing routes with his receivers. First of all, his receivers weren't getting open like they were before. And secondly, he had nowhere to go. The only place he could go was to throw the ball out of bounds. Once he gets out of the pocket and you got that speed on that Eagles defense chasing him, it speeds up your clock in terms of what you want to do with the ball. And it totally disrupted the entire Rams offensive flow at that point. Uh, I agree. I agree. That's a great point. So you look at the pass rush. Hassan Red. You know, the other thing about Reddick is you feel like there's a couple times early where he's getting close, but it's only a matter of time before the dam burst. Like he's going to get home and end of the game. You know, he ends up getting two. He was in on another one as well. He's now got three in his last two games. Derek, this is a very similar pattern that he followed last year. Mm. Started slow, came on, and and rode that wave all the way into the postseason. And he's you feel like he's getting back to being himself. Not coincidental. Last two weeks he's been playing without the cast. It's it's taped up, but there's a big difference for him in terms of the ability to use that hand than he had early in the season. Well, you look at two consecutive plays, he gets a sack. And look at – you get a chance, go back and look at how he blows by the tackle on that second sack. I mean, he just blew by the tackle before the tackle could even get in his stance. And look at how he's using his hands now to get the leverage that he needs to attack quarter a quarterbacks. You know, he's got three sacks now in the last two games. That's the Hassan Reddick we're expecting to see. If he can stay yep. healthy, he's going to get double-digit sacks again. There's no question about it. 
Yeah. Now there, there's games, you know, against the likes of Mahomes, difficult to bring down. Um, Brock Purdy, difficult to get on the carpet. The way with the way the 49ers run that offense. Tua, difficult to get on the carpet. His sack totals, his individual totals may suffer in those games. But for the most part, we know how Dak Prescott loves the whole of football. They got two shots at Dak. Man. They still have two shots at the Giants coming up. No telling who's quarterbacking for the Giants at that point. Yeah. You know, that offensive line is a mess. You know, and you know, we'll talk more about the Giants later. But so he's gonna have more than his, his share of opportunities to get back to double digit sacks. I think if he stays healthy, even though the schedule is going to be a lot tougher, he's going to have great opportunities to make it four consecutive seasons of double-digit sacks. Agreed. Uh, our girl Fitness Rebel is now on. So, oh, all right. Oh yeah. Oh. There we go. Oh, I'm not saying anything. I'm you know I'm leaving it alone. It's look, it's Monday. I'm in a good mood. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna leave it alone. Uh, you know, Tina made reference. Hey, D Gun's gonna get on you. Not today, Tina. I'm okay. just gonna let it go. But, I, but right. you know, but, right. but fitness rebel, you're the jar. Five dollars. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna tell you. You couldn't help yourself. I know it. All right. So, um, oh, gun, baby. You know I can't do. I can't I, do it, right? Listen, I listen. I hear you, man. Um. All right. So the, the Rams only had the ball, Derek, for nine minutes forty three seconds in the entire second half. Yep. Less than ten minutes. Uh, of having the ball. So credit to the Eagles for getting him off the field quick and for the Eagles offense for staying on the field. So that that's a, it's a combo effort right there. When you, when you have held an offense like the Rams and let's face it, the Rams are not an elite offense, but they have been an efficient offense through four games, even though they were two and two, they have been an efficient offense. When you hold an offense like the Rams to under, under 300 yards, in an entire game and under a hundred yards total for an entire second half as a defense, you have more than done your job. You have more than earned your paycheck for that day. Right. No question. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, so let, we got to talk about Jalen Carter here, Derek, because I, here's what I want to do. What, what I've taken to doing, I've removed when I talk about him, I've removed the rookie tag. In other words, used to say, I mean, where does he rank in terms of rookie defensive tackles? Forget the rookie. Where does he rank in terms of defensive tackles? This guy is a top three, top five defensive tackle now. He's already there. Uh, three and a half sacks. So just yesterday, Gunner, two sacks, four tackles, two quarterback hits on top of the two sacks. This guy's a menace in there. Dude, that second sack alone, when he blew through the line of scrimmage, I said, oh, my goodness. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. And with the power and authority and the speed that he used, the combination of those three things to just blow through the line. I'm like, are you kidding me? Oh my goodness. You talk about a nightmare to come. And again, Rob, he's still learning. Yes. He's nowhere near a finished product. He's still learning, but if he's still learning and he's that advanced now, wait until he gets the whole picture of what he's capable of doing and how he can utilize certain moves to set up his move to get, to get through a line of scrimmage, to bust through the stone wall to tackle, to put more pressure right up the gut for a lot of quarterbacks who like to sit in their pocket and go one, two, three, throw. When you get to two, that dude's right in your face. And you've got to alter your game plan real quick with him coming. My goodness, what a what a steal the Eagles got with him at number nine. I know. I know. I mean, that this I it feels like Derek, this is one we're gonna look back at and say. Oh my God. Like, you know, yeah, yeah. I get it. Teams are so quarterback crazy and driven and all that. You're, they're, you're always going to grab up quarterbacks high, but 
for him, the last where he lasted, a lot of teams are going to be kicking themselves, man. I mean, just absolutely kicking themselves. So he's, he's nasty. Um, he's a really difficult force. So I thought this was interesting. So Bradley Roby got 25 snaps, yep. uh, basically, you know, playing that nickel spot. Like you talked about a little bit earlier, which allowed them to keep Bradbury on the outside. I just think, you know, obviously you got to get him in shape and you got to get him fully acclimated to the system and all those kind of things. It's going to take a minute for him to get rolling, but you know, he could be a Patrick Robinson type of move, you know, later in the season, true veteran guy comes in and helps you. Um, he could be a really big piece of this. Um, I don't disagree with you. I still need to see a better sample. Um, I look at his history and, you know, he couldn't start in Denver. He was a first round pick. Now, granted, they had Chris Harris there. There's some really good corners there, but he never cracked there. And then you look at where else he's gone. They've been quick stops, you know, and I want to know why. And, 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 you know, you wonder why he was on on the bench this late into a season. You know, some might say he was waiting to pick the right opportunity, the right team, possibly to jack up the numbers. You know, maybe the numbers weren't being, you know, that they were being thrown his way, were not appeasing to him. And he wanted to wait until the team got into a desperation mode to jack up the numbers a little bit. Yeah. Or where a lot of teams just didn't want to take a flyer on him because of a lot of unknown reasons we don't know about. Yes. You know, um, didn't fit their scheme. You know, wondered if he had lost a step, you know, things like this. But. The, the, the initial sample size of what he did to be able to, to, to stay with a guy like Roby. Now there were a couple of times that Roby got past him. And I mean, uh, that Cooper cup got past him and, and, and basically Stafford missed him on throws. It could have been big plays for the Rams in the second half, but he did his job. Mm -hmm. He made Stafford think about throwing the ball in that direction. He was right on Cooper cups, hips more time than not, you know, and that's what you need. You're not going to win every battle. You just have to make sure you win the most important battles in certain downs of situations, and he won those battles. I agree. Look, I, I think that, you know, th look, there's a, there's a lot of good things going on here. I mean, I think about how they can attack you from a defensive line standpoint, like just, just to go back to the defensive mm -hmm. line for a minute. With, with Carter, you know, Dave, the other thing is Dave, it was curious. Davis didn't get a lot of snaps yesterday. I don't know if you, you picked up on that. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. 23 snaps? Yeah, like that was kind of strange to me. I don't, I, I didn't get that, especially with Fletcher out. I, I didn't understand that move, but again, when you look at the way the overall scheme worked, I ain't complaining. No, I'm I not, know. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I'm surprised his role wasn't elevated more so. I really Same am. Here. Same but, here. That that um, I want to see what what it looks like against the Jets before I get crazy. But it was it felt light for me for him. Um, but you know, with Carter, <clears throat> with when Fletcher gets back. We haven't really seen BG scratch the scratch the surface a ton yet. No, no. Sweat Hassan now starting to to go into Hassan mode. I mean, man, they could come at you in droves on that defensive line in a lot of different ways. Oh my goodness, yes. Um, I hate to say this, but I think basically Brandon Graham's snap count is going to be what it is for the rest of the season. And he's okay with that. Whatever the snap count is, how little it is, he's okay he's okay with that. Yeah. I mean, you look at I'm looking at their defensive snap counts now. Brandon Graham played 18 snaps, 32%, okay? Jordan Davis 23 snaps. Josh Sweat 40 snaps. Uh Jalen Carter 39 snaps. Now, granted, um the Rams only ran what 53 plays. Eagles ran, they ran 53, 55 plays. 
-hmm. So, but the fact that Barnett and Graham played less than 20 snacks come, snaps coming off the edge tells you that they're leaning heavily on these young kids. Now, now Josh Sweat is not a young guy, but still, he's not an older guy, no. but still, 40, he plays 71% of the snaps. Zach Cunningham, 86% of the snaps. Uh, let's see, who else? Uh, two, 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 two. Who's the other linebacker? Um, Morrow no, Cunningham. Cunningham. Cunningham played eighty-six percent. Uh, Morrow played how many? How many? Okay, I'm not seeing it here on Dave Zangaro's chart. Uh, he made some plays, wow. but man, he had. Oh, he had how frustrating was that one series, Derek, where he should get the pick and he should. Oh my goodness! Up. Oh, uh, come on. Well, that's why you know that's, you know, some guys that play defense and some guys that play offense for a reason. <laughs> you know, I mean, Morrow played fifty-six percent of the snaps. So yeah, I know. Yeah. I mean, it's well, he played 56. Well, yeah, 56 snaps. So he played all Morrow played the whole game, basically. No, here's the thing you, you, if you said to me, we'd be getting the kind of as much as that series was frustrating, but we were, we would get the kind of contributions out of Morrow and Cunningham we're getting at the beginning of the year. Yeah. I would take it in a second. I'll take it in a heartbeat. Yeah. Now, we'll say this. I hate to bring this up, but I'm a little concerned about our corners, Slay and, and Bradbury. A little yeah. concerned. Especially yeah. uh, on, on the one side, I, I'm a little concerned, you know, and I understand you got to play the best of the best. I get this. I do get it. You know, and you've got, you've got some receivers coming up. That, you know, you played Justin Jefferson, but you got some heavyweights coming up. Even this know? week you get Garrett Wilson. I mean, it's not, this is uh it's no joke. I don't, you know, but I don't worry as much because Zach Wilson can't get on the ball. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. You see what I'm saying? Yep. So it kind of diffuses. Garrett Wilson's effectiveness. Garrett Wilson, Alan Lazard, yeah. you know, they've got some, they got some pass catchers over there on the Jets. Yeah. But you got a quarterback who can't get them the ball. Yeah. You know, he played them. The funny thing was, he comes in the first game um, when, when Rodgers goes down and he plays okay in the first game against a division rival and he helps them win that game against Buffalo. But since then, he's reverted back to being the Josh Wilson we know and love. Yeah. You know. And I expect to see more of that with him. With the pressure the Eagles' defensive front is going to put on him, I expect him to have a long day, which means guys like Garrett Wilson and Alan Lazard are going to be walking over to the sideline just about every series, throwing a helmet, frustrated, verbally talking to themselves because they don't have a quarterback that can get them to football. I agree with you. I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, but your point, point well taken. I mean, as we go forward here, I just think they're – Neither one of them are shut down corners. There's not a lot no, of shut down corners there no. in the league. Yeah, we're going to see one next week in Sauce Gardner, but there's not a lot of them. Period. They're still good, Derek, but they're not. They're not great. You well, know, they're thirty and thirty-three. Yeah. I mean, yeah. What do you want? That's you what know? it is. That's what it is. You're right. That that's an error. Howie's done an unbelievable job replenishing. Uh, spots, defensive line, etc. Hopefully, if Nicobe Dean can play linebacker, safety too with Blankenship and you know some and and Sidney Brown. Hopefully, when he gets back, um, yeah. corner, corners an area, corners an area. Yeah, um, and, and you know what they they played well yesterday. But I I've said it last week. I'll say it this week, and I'm sure I'll say it in the future. I just think the pass coverage is going to be a problem all season. Yeah. I just think it is. It's going to make some plays, but I think it's going to give up more plays than not. It's you know um, what it is. It, you you this team especially it goes really for any team, but this team especially 
has to have a very consistent pass rush. You have got to get yes. the quarterback off yep. his mark yep. and harried because if they have time, it, it, it's going to be a struggle. I, I, I still think, and the defense did great yesterday, held the other team to 14 points. It's awesome. I, I think there's going to be more high-scoring games this year with this team than we certainly had last year. Yep. Um, Howie, here's what Howie is doing. He's already laid the groundwork for the future. When you look at how he drafted Keely Ringo, uh, Sidney Brown, could be Job, could be Goodrich, mm -hmm. but eventually Rich. it yeah. could be Ricks. Uh, but eventually uh, the, the Darius Slays and the James Bradbury's are going to be gone. Yes. You know, and so he's laying the groundwork now of already restocking the cupboard with guys of the future. And he's hoping those guys are the ones that can just step in at some point, hopefully under a rookie contract and fill the gap that they need to play the kind of defensive football they want to play. Now, obviously, you got to get a bigger sample size of these guys before you can make that determination. But the evaluation has already started. You know, when you bring up Eli Ricks, obviously out of necessity, but you bring up Eli Ricks, you know, the Keely Ringo, Sidney Brown's going to eventually come back from that hamstring. Um, as, as much as you're putting a team on a field, you expect to compete to win an NFC championship and get back to the Super Bowl. There's also a huge evaluation pro uh, process. I think when you look at Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter, that's way ahead of the curve. You know, there's no question about that. Those two are going to be the cornerstones of that trench warfare for the Eagles for years to come. Now you've got to slowly build in some area, some other areas. We know that you know, you, you hope you hope that Kobe Dean is that guy, but I don't know if he can stay healthy, you know, enough to be that guy that they need in the middle of that defense. But Nicobe Dean's another one you got to evaluate over the next couple of years. Is he what you'd hope he'd be? Now we know the Eagles neglect the linebacking position. They're always gonna they're always gonna pick up linebackers from the scrap heap. Yep. You know, they've done it religiously for how long? You know, and that's yeah. the way they're gonna approach the linebacking spot. We can get a one-year wonder here, one-year wonder there, we can plug and play. But if the trenches and the back end are taken care of, we can we can cover up for what we don't have at linebacker. Yeah, I, I guess I look at it. You know, we were talking about the offense and how it feels like they're starting to hit their stride here. And, and I think defensively. I think there's definitely more questions on the defensive side. I think the defensive line is, man, loaded. Now you did it. You did all that yesterday with Fletcher Cox. Yep. You know, without Tui Pelotu, without Sidney Brown, you know, it's, that's that's something. But I, there's still questions in the back end that make you a little leery when they start playing the heavy, heavy, difficult part of the schedule, and just how much they're going to have to contribute. You know, the offense is going to have to put up a lot of points. The, the, the defensive line is going to have to get a lot of sacks mm -hmm. to sort of counter, you know, talent, yep. age, uh, everything on the back end. It's an ever-evolving ever process. And how he stays ahead of the curve, i got to give him credit for yep. being able to stay ahead of the curve and knowing when to restock the cover with younger players and get a good evaluation on them. Yeah, he, he takes a lot of pressure off young players by keeping certain amount of veterans. I mean, look what he did last year with Javon Hargrave and Fletcher Cox, and you bring in a Jordan Davis. Jordan Davis did not have to hit the ground running, being that every down D tackle, because I do think he would have gotten exposed in terms of stamina if he had had to play 60%, 70% of the snaps. He's not even playing that right now, if you yeah. think about it, you know, because of the rotation they have there. And so – you, you bring in DBs, they don't have to hit the ground running like a lot of teams do in playing rookies right away, like Washington did, the Jets did, Houston had to do. 
with their young players. Yeah. Um, you, you, you put veterans in front of them that can help teach them the little nuances. You always talk about how a lot of players will say, I learn better from a player than I do from a coach, you know, in terms of what, what my job description is supposed to be. And Howie Roseman has done a good job of mixing the old with the new and slowly making the transition as they go forward. Yeah. I mean, but if you look at it, really, I mean, all things considered, right. They're second in the league against the rush. Yep. You know, the only, the only better team, or, or I'm sorry. Yeah. I think they actually might be for, hold on, let me pull it. I'm sorry. They're second in rushing uh, in terms of uh, against the rush defensively. They are number one. Mm-hmm. You know, they're only giving up 62, 61 mm-hmm. yards per game. Mm-hmm. Better than San Fran. Boy, I'll tell you, man, Detroit's really improved uh, run defense. Detroit's third. Yes, they have. Whew. Yes, they have. And that, and that and that defense is getting the ball back to that explosive offense. Yeah. Um, and did you see yesterday um, – I forgot who did it, but they did a split screen on Twitter. San Francisco and Detroit ran the exact same flea flick, flicker play that went for a touchdown. It, it was funny because Detroit social, the Lions social media put a tweet out saying exact same play yes. today, but it was, it was, it, it was, yeah, it was a, a reverse flea flicker Yeah, is what it ended up being. Yeah. And it ended up, and it was to both tight ends. So uh, for Detroit, it was Laporta, yep. the, the, the rookie who's very good, by the way, uh, who, who, who caught it. And then Kittle was last night, <clears throat> both Iowa guys also. Um. You know, copycat league, but then you know what? You're talking about two more, two of the more imaginative offenses in the entire league. Uh, and that's why I say, you know, it just impresses me how efficient this Eagles offense is and is not even back to where it was yet. When they're racking up over 400 yards a game consistently for four consecutive weeks, they're making the big plays either on the ground or in the air, and it's still not completely flawless yet. You know, that tells you about the depth, the versatility, and the talent that they have on this team. I agree with you. you know, I mean, they don't they don't need trickery to win games. No, no, no. Listen, they don't. You're right. Um, but yeah, I think that when you when you look at where they are defensively, it's a work in progress a little bit. I think the offense is getting closer to where it needs to be, but a lot of good signs, a lot of good signs. I mean, they were able to to really shut them down in the second half. Stafford does nothing. They have a they have a season yeah. low in passing yeah. yards. Uh they do nothing on the ground either. It was uh it was a re- it was really good to see because it just didn't look that way early in this one. Mm-hmm. The only thing you wish is if the Eagles could have taken care of business a little bit more in the red zone. <clears throat> it's a totally different game in terms of scoring touchdowns. Um, all right, so we're going to come back. By the way, uh, at one o'clock, our full blown NFL segment. We will revisit the Cowboys Niners last night. We'll look at the Giants against the Dolphins. We'll look at the Jets. Little little Nathaniel Hackett revenge. Uh, boy, the Patriots are a disaster. Ooh. They are a disaster area. Ooh. Uh, Justin Jefferson gets hurt. That could be a big one. Anthony Richardson gets hurt. That could be a big one. And Shane Steichen coaching his rear end off uh, in Indy. Um, we'll get into hey, that. Shane, Shane Steichen is an early front runner as coach of the year candidate with what he's doing in Indy. And they still don't have Jonathan Taylor yet. Now, Jonathan Taylor played sporadically yesterday. He's still not up to where he is. All of a sudden, the Colts are three and two. A big time uh, coaching effort out of him. I, I love. Look, I think they they lost yesterday, but I love what D'Amico Ryan's is doing. But there's a couple guys in their first year that's doing a real that are doing really good jobs, and, and Steichen is one of them. All right, uh, so we'll come back uh, and we will talk to Philly's uh, voice, Tom McCarthy, both TV and radio during this playoff run. We'll talk to T Mac from Atlanta. Preview game two of the NLDS: Phillies Braves. Fills up one game to nothing 
uh, thus far. So we'll talk to Tom when we come back. Don't go anywhere. That's Derek. I'm Rob. We are Sports Take. All right, I want to tell you about ProAction Restoration. Yes, ProAction Restoration. If you have a home, you have a business, you have a property that you own, you go through that pain, that inconvenience, that unknowing of what you do. Uh, if you are affected by water damage, fire, smoke, mold remediation, you name it. The beauty is ProAction Restoration can handle it. And they're on call 24 hours, seven days a week to assist. That means nighttime. That means holidays. That means early morning. Whatever the case may be, you reach out and they will be there for you. They were for me. I reached out to them on a Saturday. They got out to my parents' house and they cleaned the mess up and they fixed the problem and the price was right. It was an awesome experience. It really was. ProAction Restoration is a, a licensed, bonded, and fully insured company. They've been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades. ProAction will work in conjunction with your insurance company also. So again, water, fire, smoke damage, mold remediation, you name it, they can handle it. Give them a call. 610-623-3760. 610-623-3760. Or online at ProActionRestoration.com. That's ProActionRestoration.com. you own a company and you're not producing a podcast you're missing out the public consumes messaging when they're ready join the professional podcast network of companies and let jacob media partners put you in the podcast arena come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast call jacob media right now at 267-261-3428-267-261-3428 my name is dr bruce grossinger and I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.
Score and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. in everybody appreciate you hanging out with us rob ellis Derek gunn sports take on this glorious monday again what a weekend phillies take care of business saturday night strike first in the nlds eagles win yesterday and the cowboys get smoked last night i mean that that is just drop the mic let, let, let's all kind of do a walk off after that happens. can we can we just can we just end the show now and just just sit back and revel no, in we, glory good, the try, weekend, huh? good try trying what to weasel out of the last 90 minutes of the show but i'm not surprised it was, per- it was a perfect weekend what else no, do you want no you don't get out of work early because the others did their job you need to stick around we need you you know what else but, but Rob, i have some i have some yard work to do you can two o'clock it has your name written all over it, okay oh, man. you know all who right. else does an amazing job uh whether who it's pray tell radio whether it's baseball football basketball you name it he's got it all covered the one and only tom mccarthy philly's voice i usually say tv voice but it's not just tv now it is tv radio voice he called the bryce harper home run as a matter of fact on saturday night t-mac what's up my man hey guys uh gunner i got some yard work you can do also if you want get get in the work all right tom come on man hey hey, t-mac i'll do anything except rake leaves I i leaves I only have like three trees out in front, so I don't have a no. lot of those. So. Uh, I, seem, no, no. I seem to get a lot from my neighbors. I'm not really sure why. Tom, I was just going to say, that here's the worst part. <laughs> I had a tree removed in the back and one in the front over the yeah. last three years. My neighbor has this giant tree that hangs into my yard. Yeah. And they're nice people, so I don't say anything. I am covered with leaves, man, and I'm not thrilled. I'm, I'm the same way, Rob. I'm yes. the same way. It's very yeah. funny. Yeah, mm. man. Um, all right, Tom, so a lot to get to because – Honestly, I, I, for a lot of reasons, I thought game one was going to be really, really tough. Strider, I know they, they got to him last year in the playoffs, but he wasn't quite himself. He had owned them in the regular season. Um, you know, you didn't know what Ranger was going to look like, and then mm-hmm. you had the subplot of taking him out, you know, in the fourth inning. I mean, it, Tom, on so many levels, such a remarkable game. What, what Thompson was able to, to, just the chess that he was playing, and the bullpen, and Bryce being Bryce, Mr. October, I mean – a thrill a minute. I mean, it could, it had to been just enthralling for you as, as a broadcaster and just an observer. Yeah. I mean, the, the knot in your stomach was pretty, was pretty tight as that game went on. You know, we had been given a little bit of an idea from Rob before the game that he probably would pull Ranger early. If, um, if it was a tight game, you know, second time through the order, but even that was a little earlier than I anticipated. And I have to admit that every time he went to the bullpen, I kept going, I don't know if that's yeah. the right move. Uh, and it was the right move. Yeah. I mean, he, he is pretty remarkable in his 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 um, his tactful thinking about this game. I mean, he I always say that Larry Bow is the smartest baseball man that I've ever met because he's always two or three moves ahead of the next guy. 
Uh, and I think Rob is fairly close to that too. You know, he's got a lot laid out. But as he told us even pregame, he said, I may go to the bullpen early, but it, what's to say that the bullpen is going to be able to be effective every single time? Well, they all were. And obviously yeah. the defense uh, helped Matt Strom out a little bit uh, in that game too with Trey Turner. So got to make plays behind them, but you got to make key pitches. One of the turning points I thought was just Sir Anthony getting uh, Acuna yes. shoots and Austin Riley because he's been so ineffective recently. Yep. But the trip to the mound between JT and Caleb Cotham just said, hey, man, just throw him a fastball. You know, use your stuff. And that's exactly what he did. So, so Tom, take me through your mindset when Rob comes out and yanks Suarez off the mound yeah. because I'm like everybody else. I'm sitting at home going, what the heck is he doing? Yeah. What, this man's dealing. I mean, he got in a little trouble, but he's dealing. What are you doing? Yeah. What, what were you thinking at that point? You know, kind of the same thing, Derek. But again, I, I, we had the we were pre-exposed to a little bit of the game plan. Yeah. Um, so I thought he'd finish the inning, quite frankly, and I didn't think there was any reason why he didn't he couldn't finish the inning. But I also understood what Rob was trying to do, uh, trying to get a strikeout, trying to get through it, righty on righty. And Jeff Hoffman's been so good. Even that was a little early for Hoffman, I thought. And then I thought he'd come back out and start the next half inning. Uh, but I was surprised, uh, and I think you saw by Rangers' natural reaction, yes, truly organic reaction, that he was surprised. Um, but man, nothing this manager does, it, it, nothing phases me anymore about how good he is. Because I told somebody, and, and I say this often, we stepped into the largest pile of baseball uh, poop that you could step into by having Rob Thompson as our manager, and. I mean that in the greatest of ways. I mean, we are really fortunate in Philadelphia. Mm. Uh, not that I didn't like Joe Girardi. I thought the world of Joe Girardi. I thought he became the adult in the room when we needed an adult in the room um, after a couple of years with Gabe. Um, I really think that Rob, it, 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 it astonishes me that he wasn't given this opportunity prior. But I think he's um, he's an incredible, incredible baseball guy. Mm. Yeah, and Tom, when you think about, he was to a point where had had Joe not been fired, that he would have stepped away. He had just he would have stepped away. Felt like he, he wrote his word on that. Yeah. yeah, you know, he may have been back in a consulting role somewhere, mm -hmm. uh, but he was true to his word about that that he was going to step away. That's amazing. Uh, well, stay on that for a minute. Um, you're talking about a, a, a game one of an NLDS on the road where you're going to Jeff Hoffman in that spot and yeah. Orion Kirkering. In, in, a, in a massive spot when the game is still within reach, Tom. And he probably had the least sweat inning of anybody. I mean, yeah. Kirkering, I'm like, yeah, that was pretty. The other ones, I'm, I'm, I'm white knuckled, on, you know, grabbing the couch. Yeah, he, he's been pretty special. Um, you know, it, it's funny. You have to have a lot of luck in this game. We all know that. It's the same thing with football and basketball. You have to have a lot of luck to advance. You know, to think about what the built bullpen was supposed to be at the start of this year. And to think about where it is now with no real grasp that Jeff Hoffman or Orion Kirkering would be two key figures to the Phillies postseason run. But I don't think that Craig Kimbrell was thought of as being the potential closer of this team, unless they absolutely needed him, And he, they absolutely needed him. So that's where you have to have really good scouts, but really good. You have to be very fortunate. Uh, and the development of Kirkering, even though he hadn't worked in back-to-back -back games in his minor league career, has really helped blossom this bullpen to have that weapon 
of a hard-throwing right-hander who hasn't really shown consistently his 100-mile-an-hour fastball because his slider has been so good. Mm-hmm. But he can do it, and I think against this lineup, potentially if he's used again tonight, you might see him use it a little bit more. Yeah. So, Tom, for all of our, our listeners and viewers who don't know, give us give us the insight on this kid, Kirkering, because I think that's a phenomenal move. You just bring this kid up from out of nowhere, mm-hmm. let him pitch a few innings, get his feet wet in the regular season. All of a sudden, you put him in a crucial point of a game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Know, in the first round, in, in a do-or-die best three out of five series. Yeah, it, it's pretty incredible, Dare. I mean, think about where he started. He started in the lowest A that the Phillies could have. He progressed to high A, progressed to double A, and then just had a little taste of Lehigh Valley coffee before he was brought up to the big leagues. It's an incredible story. Ironically, he's wearing the number 50, the last rookie to wear 50, making his debut in September to pitch in the postseason is Marty Bystrom. And that was not on purpose. That was sort of coincidence, Phil Sheridan told me. Uh, But it's pretty incredible. The fact that he showed somebody enough, it's kind of like Johan Rojas. I never anticipated he would come from double-A to the big leagues this year. Mm-hmm. I thought he'd have to stop for a month in triple-A and show that he could hit triple-A pitching. But this is the difference between this farm system under Preston Mattingly and Kevin Bradshaw and the previous farm system the Phillies had. you got to have a feel and you got to have an opinion, and these guys certainly did. And that's what one of the things that makes this team so cool, Tom, is the mix. There's yep. such a mix on, mm-hmm. on this team. Vibrant. It's vibrant. I, you, yeah. That's a great way to put it. Vibrant is a great way to put it. I'll, I'll tell you what, uh, y- you hate to just gloss over, but let, let's dig into Harper here. I mean, Tom, I, I wasn't even joking when I called him Mr. October. I mean, what he's been yeah. doing the last two years, he's got 12 postseason home runs now. And he was on base every time. On, on Saturday in the middle of everything. And let's not forget about the fact that he's playing an excellent first base, a yeah. position he never played before. Yeah, he, he's just a different cat. I mean, he really is. And, you know, to, to, to boot, you know, accessible, embraceable to the fans, all of those things. Um, he's generational. We've heard that for years while he's played, but he's becoming even more so in our eyes, this generational talent that is irreplaceable on so many levels. Uh, because he does so much to take the burden off other folks. And I think that's a big deal. And th- there's the, the lights aren't too bright. They're just not. Somehow, the greatest, the greatest athletes are able to slow their heart rate to the point where the game looks like you're playing, um, you're playing the most basic childhood game. And that's what he's able to do. Just slow it down and make it as natural as possible. Tom, how would you how would you categorize uh, Stotts? Because here's another kid, pretty similar, you know, yeah. comes comes from out of nowhere, mm-hmm. and all he does is get clutch hits for you. You know, he's not a marquee he's not a marquee name, he's not a big money guy, but I tell you what, he's been money for this team down the stretch. Yeah, and and, and he's going to be a big money guy down the road there yeah. because yep. he's going to keep evolving. But you know, you try to in baseball terms look at separate categories and say all right, this is why this guy is special. This is why this guy is special. The fact that he is the leader in Major League Baseball in two strike hits, which noticeably came you know, to fruition the last time, uh, the last game that he was up, that says a lot. But there's something that separates him that others don't have. And, and, and you know, Harper probably has it, but not many others have it. The, inst- the instinctual ability to make the play is... 
you're born with it. In some way, he's figured it out and he's evolved it into this huge weapon that has separated him from others. He's going to win a gold glove at second base. I mean, to say that for a guy that people weren't sure if he could play shortstop or third in the big leagues three years ago, he's going to win a gold glove in, in the major leagues. There's no mm. question. Tom, I, I want to talk to you about psychology here because there, there are some that subscribe to, hey, momentum is only as good as your your next day's pitcher, right? And And we hear that all the time. But there is a history here with the Phillies and the Braves in the postseason. There just mm-hmm. is. Yeah. Um, you're there in Atlanta. What's the sense you get from, from the town? What's the sense you get from the team? Is it kind of like, oh, my gosh, man, here we go again? I, I do think the town is fearful, even though they, they have this bravado, which every town has. It's a rightful bravado that, hey, listen, we've won 104 games. We're the best team in Major League Baseball. But I do think there's a fear. I mean, look at – I mean, Strider was really good the other night. Yeah. Uh, the Phillies let him off the hook a little bit, but he was really good the other night. Tonight's starter, Max Freed, he's four and four with a high ERA against the Phillies. It's not as high as his numbers against the Marlins, but the Phillies, even though he's had some good outings against them, they have the ability to run pitch counts up against him. It's just weird. They've always been able to do that. And I don't think that they're concerned about facing him. You know, the blister is probably more of a concern for the Braves than it is for the, you know, than, than the fact that Freed's pitching against the Phillies. But I do think I, I don't think you can, you can push aside the fact that the team is in Atlanta's head in some way, mm-hmm. very subtly. And there's nothing wrong with this, but it doesn't look great all the time when it doesn't work. They tinkered with their lineup the other day, and it's it, it's a lineup that had basically been steady for most of the year. And again, teams do this. The Phillies did it with Castellanos in September and it paid off, but they tinkered with it the other day. And to me, that kind of showed we're concerned about the bottom of our order. So we got to get these guys up as much as possible, but then you're moving all these to the cleanup spot, which it's fine. You had 33 home runs. You're tinkering with it after a layoff of a week. That to me gives you an idea that there might be something creeping in between the ears of the of the, of the organization. Very interesting point, Tom. I hadn't yeah. thought about that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Tom, can you talk about the psyche of a pitcher when you're facing the Phillies, uh, a team that is so aggressive on the base path? It's got yeah. to affect, especially with that pitch clock as well. Yep. It's got to affect his rhythm and his focus from going home, home uh, from 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 the mound to home, knowing that in any given moment these guys are gone. Yeah, and I think you're also seeing balls in the dirt as well, Dare. It's not mm-hmm. only the stolen bases, but the Phillies have taken three bags so far in this postseason on balls in the dirt. And that was a point of emphasis from the coaching staff prior to the series, prior to the postseason, that we wanted to make sure that we're aggressive on the base paths. So five is a franchise record that, you know, during the whole history of the Philadelphia Phillies, the entire 100-plus year history of the Philadelphia Phillies, They've had five stolen bases in one game 98 times, five time, five stolen bases or more. In the grand scheme of things, if you lay it all out, all the games that have been played, that's a small amount, but they had it the other night. And I do think they're going to push this to happen again as the series moves on. And I think it's a huge asset for them. Uh, Tom, I, I we, we got to talk about the play that Turner makes. I, I mean, yeah. in, in terms of oh. – Sheer oh. greatness and clutch. It doesn't get much better, man. No. I, you know, I, I mean, it was a monster spot and an insane play. And I said to Derek earlier, also, let's give Stott some props for the turn. He throws no an absolute seed 
to the yeah. rice. But but I, I'm curious your take on it. Well, it was incredible um, on so many different levels. And considering earlier in the game, he had a similar toss that he didn't get to second right. base in time, but was able to make an adjustment on this one. I agree with you about Stott. They've worked really hard on his release from second to first. The, the double play statistic has really hampered the Phillies this entire year. They just haven't turned as many as they probably should. And part of it is just mechanics. Well, they're adjusting those mechanics. But that play was athletic. It was hand-eye coordination at the highest level. And I think Scott called it on the radio, and, and he's absolutely right about this. It could be the greatest postseason double play you'll ever see a Philadelphia Philly make. Now, we haven't watched mm. the 50 the fifty whiz kids or the 15 Phillies, but I don't know. If, I don't know if guys have been able to make the, that kind of play the way he did. Yeah. Uh, what a Tom, it, it, as you look into the immediate crystal ball, if you will, if, mm-hmm. if, if even if the Phillies lose this game tonight, do you think in any way, shape, or form it's going back to Atlanta? I think the Phillies I come don't. home and put them out of their misery. Yeah, I do not think it's going to go back mm-hmm. to Atlanta. Uh, my feeling yeah. is, is that this game, that this series is ending in Philadelphia in four games. I truly believe mm-hmm. that. I felt that way from the get-go, and there's no reason to think that it's not going to be that way again. Tom, what do you, mm. what do you think about Wheeler tonight? Obviously, he he looked great against yeah. the Marlins, man. I mean, it, and the fact that if it does get to that point that you guys just discussed, mm. he could turn around and go five as well because of the kind of weird days off here. But nonetheless, what do you think about him tonight? In this, I'm week? excited about it. I really am because I think he's excited about it. He's very even keeled about it. You know, he had one bad outing against the Braves in September. He had one really good outing against the Braves in September. The good outing was in Atlanta. The bad outing was in Philadelphia. Um, I'm excited for him to do this today. He's got a lot of family in this area. He grew up less than an hour from here. Grew up a Braves fan. He knows the significance of it. Uh, Marcus Hayes the other day wrote a story about how mm. potent his postseason numbers have been compared to the Scherzers and the Verlanders and people like that. Um, you know, I'm excited about it. I'm excited to see what he puts together tonight. I really am. Um, you know, you're giddy to think about the fact that you could be up 2-0, but you're not looking, you're not yeah. looking to that right yeah. now. But yeah. there is that chance. And I think it would be just a monumental turn to this postseason if they're able to get up 2-0. Do you think Pat Jay gets the uh, gets the nod in, in, yeah. in left? Yeah, I think we're gonna keep free. that lineup, the lefty, the lefty right. lineup, and it's gonna be Pache and left. And I, you know, Rojas obviously will be in gotcha. center, but it'll be Pache and left. Yep. And then and then you come home and the ball and Nola gets the ball in his hands and his last three outings have been exactly what we've been expecting to see from him all season. All yeah. of a sudden, a light switch has gone on for him. Yeah, I agree with that, and I think he's made a mechanical adjustment that's helped him. And it may just be it helped his head, but it's it's helped him. Uh, and I think the extension down in the zone has been big, and I think he's he's setting everything else up with his fastball, his four seamer and his two seamer, and gosh, they need it. And now again. It's got to continue it, but I can't. I can't see there being any reason why he can't continue it. All right, Tom. So folks can hear you tonight. Give give us the innings that you'll be calling on the radio side for WIP tonight. Yeah. So we'll be. I'll be on four, five, and six. Scott will do one through three, and then he'll do gotcha. the back end of the game. And then uh, Stocker and LA will be on with with the two of us throughout the course of the game. We've kind of tinkered with this three man booth, and it worked out really well the other night. And we're looking forward to it again tonight. Love it. Lastly, I, I got to sneak I, in an Eagles I, question because Tom does wait, a lot of football too. But go wait, ahead. Wait, I got to ask you real quick. Right. How'd you get LA on the plane to get them down to Atlanta? Really good question. I think we, we, <laughs> we, gave, we gave him a sedative gunner and just, put a, just carried him on. He's very, he's very easy to carry. 
Uh, somehow oh, I doubt man. that. But anyway, uh, yeah. So, uh, Tom, I, obviously do, doing a lot of football. Do you have a game this week, Tom, that we can we can look got, out I've for? I've got college. I've got uh, Vanderbilt and Georgia on uh, Saturday. Number and if there's a game five, Ooh, one game, okay. that game's at noon, and then game five will be at, at night. So I'll be able to go from Nashville to Atlanta to do both. Oh, wow. that would be awesome. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. All right, Tom. Well, listen, we appreciate you giving us a couple minutes today. Thank and, you, man. Uh, All right, guys. Keep it rolling. Thanks, Tom. Well, appreciate we'll see you soon. You. All right, take care. That is Tom McCarthy. Tom, fun fact, Eric. Tom was yeah. the very first guest that we had on Sportsnick. I know. I'll never yes. forget that. Yes, he was. Uh, I feel good about tonight. I'm like, I'm did with- you ever? Hey, did you ever send him his gift bag? Uh, it's in the mail. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cheapskate. Uh, excuse me. Uh, but anyway, uh, when I get a gift bag, I will pass it along to him. <laughs> um, but no, I mean seriously, you, you don't. We can do it. The players can't. You can't help but a little piece. You think, like, my God, man, if they go back to Philly up 2 0 and, and Atlanta's got to think about this with an off day tomorrow, yeah. and with what that crowd, this Wednesday's going to be with, with Nola at that place that's going to yep. be on fire. Oh, yep. my God. You know, um, I, I think. I think Atlanta's done before the plane touches down. If that were to happen, before the plane touches down in Philly, they know it's over. There's no way they're getting out of Philly with a win if they come here down 2-0. You know, not the way Nola's been pitching his last three outings. This team just has a certain swagger about it. They don't go out there hoping to win. They expect to win. Mm-hmm. And it, it's not just it's not just stellar pitching or hitting a long ball. It's all the little nuances that you get in a baseball game. It's running the bases. It's making the timely defensive plays. It's outfield. The outfield is converging and making those those balls that appear to be dropping in. You know, and then when you have that crowd back and them 45,000 plus screaming like they're at a college football game, that's a lot for any team to overcome. I don't care how good of a team you are. We've seen it time and time again. We saw it last year when they made their run to the World Series. We saw it in their first, you know, their first series. You know, Marlins, who had been a pain in their butt forever, they scored one run in two games. Was it one run, two runs in, in two games? Yeah. Marlins, Marlins had no clue. And I do think that that extra man, you know, in football is the 12th man in baseball is the 10th man. You know, I do think that 10th man comes into play significantly for this team. Can't say that in every baseball city, no. but you no. can say it in Philadelphia. No, I agree with you. I, I think it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be unreal uh, actually here, but that's why I brought it up with Tom, like the psychology of this. I, I forget about what the fans are saying. You can't tell me that the guys in that clubhouse in Atlanta aren't kind of like, Oh boy, we lose this tonight, man. And when you start yeah, thinking like that yeah. before the game even starts, you could be in real, real trouble. You, you're sending a guy to the hill in Atlanta who has a blister problem on his finger, who has not, who is, who has been either or against the Phillies. He's never been yeah. consistently good against the Phillies like Strider has. So you don't know what free, freed you're getting tonight. Number one, number two, they have to play. No, they have to face Nola. Yep. And as potent as that lineup is down in Atlanta, as long, as much as they can kill you with the long ball, that the Wheeler's that guy, that guy who can handcuff you in a bad way. He can keep you off the board. He can keep you down to one or two hits until relief help gets help gets there. You know, Atlanta's got to be sitting right now in their in their homes and in in, the, in that clubhouse thinking, you know, we got so much stacked against us right now. Plus. You have a good contingent of Phillies fans down there as well. Yeah, they traveled well down there. They yep. traveled well to Atlanta. So you got a good contingent of fans there as well. Atlanta's sweating bullets right now. There's no question about it. Yeah, and, and you know, there's so many X factors for the Phillies. Like, if, if Harper's coming to the plate in a big spot, you know what I mean? Like, like it, just things like that. Yeah. 
have yeah. got to be in your head, man. It really does. Think about a pitcher steps to the hill. He can't pitch his mm-hmm. game against the like of Schwarber, against the likes of Harper. You've got to alter your game plan. You've got to pitch more lower pitches, more outside pitches, more fit pitches you want to get them to fish at. You can't just pitch your game. That's additional mental stress on a pitcher he normally doesn't have to endure. Most pitchers who are dominant pitchers go to the hill, they throw their stuff, and they tell you, hit me if we can. I don't care how good you are. When you step to the hill against this Phillies arsenal, you make one wrong mistake, they make you pay for it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's crazy. I don't know how much people were – I'm sure they were caught up in football yesterday, but, you know, Baltimore's down 0-2. Yep. Two games in Baltimore, and – you know that's uh, look boy. look at look at how Arizona just oh. weed whacked the Dodgers. Oh my god! They rolled into the Dodgers stadium and man, it was eight nothing before you blinked. Kershaw, I mean, they torched them. He didn't last a th- what a third of an inning. No, it was unbelievable, Derek. It really it, was. It was it was the lowest outing by a starting pitcher for the Dodgers in a playoff format in the history of that organization. Think about that. It goes all the way back to the Brooklyn Dodgers. Yeah. Never before had a starting pitcher in a playoff scenario lasted a third of an inning. Yeah. Yeah. I put Arizona so, just that team in the zone, dude. Phillies ended, and I'm I'm kind of going back and forth between yeah. you know, some college yeah. football and you know, whatever. I'm like, all right, let me check and see what's going on there. And I think it was like five nothing, and they were still in the first. And I'm yeah. like, and they kept them in there. And then I think Bob Costas was doing the game for for yes. MLB network. Yep. And he says they came back from a commercial. I think it was nine, nothing, whatever. And he says, that's not a misprint. That's, that's not a typographical error. This is actually what's happening in this game. Yes. And it's, you know, it's like, I'll tell you that, that Diamondbacks team is dangerous. I'm telling you, they went into Milwaukee, took two from Milwaukee and came from behind both games and took two from Milwaukee with the long ball. They go into the Dodger stadium against one of the best playoff pictures in the history of the game at Kershaw. They tattooed him. And yep. took him deep as well. Yep. They jumped on him right away, got him out of there. And the relief staff could do nothing with the Arizona Arsenal. That team's a fun team to watch right now. They are. They're young. They can run. They're athletic. That's a that's a good, 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 really good well, team. Well, except for Evan Longoria. He's 37, playing like he's 27 again right now. And he's now. playing great defense for them. Playing too. Great he made yep. some plays in that Brewers series. You just sit there and go, oh. That, oh, that line drive double play was sick. That he, that, oh, my that he, goodness. It was unbelievable. This man's 37 uh, years old still playing like this. I know. He played the Phillies in 08. He was at the Rays. He was a young oh. guy then. Uh, all right, let's get a timeout. Let's roll into our NFL segment. A lot to get to. We're going to revisit the Cowboys game uh, 49ers last night. We'll look at the Eagles' next opponent, the Jets, see what they did. We'll take a look at the Giants. Uh, tough, tough week for the NFC, minus one team. Uh, all right, we'll do all that when we come back. Don't go anywhere. Derek Gunn, Rob Ellis, Sports Take. Jacob Sports YouTube Network. I'm going to tell you about Flynn Tree Services. Yes, Flynn Tree Services is an experienced, licensed, and insured Pennsylvania tree services company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property. They offer cost-effective solutions to any tree problem that you may face. They are experts at trimming all types of trees, and they serve southeastern Pennsylvania, South Jersey, as well as northern Delaware. You go to their Facebook or Instagram page for more information or a sampling of their work. Give Flynn Tree Services a call at 610-850-2848. 610-850-2848 or online at FlynnTreeServices.com. That's FlynnTreeServices.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. 
Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. Soganow helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you at Rafferty Subaru. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. are back hour number three appreciate you hanging let's smash the like button if we could friends uh derek gunn rob ellis hanging out with you sports take on this monday uh all right gunner let's look at the birds here uh, and in the nfl in general uh and how it affects the eagles so <clears throat> cowboys last night uh go down to the niners 42 to 10 and, and you know what i mean in addition to it just being a hideously ugly game that, that just totally went off the rails for them a lot of the old fears have to be creeping back in. I mean, Dak throws three picks. McCarthy looks overmatched against Kyle Shanahan. Like your greatest yep. fear as a Cowboys fan going into the season was, is Dak Prescott going to revert, you know, to what we saw last year with the interceptions and particularly mm. the pick sixes. And, it, and now that McCarthy has even more uh, control of this offense, is that a good thing ultimately? So, you know, you saw it both last night. It reared its ugly head. Yeah, um, you, you look at the way the Eagles and the Dallas schedules play out. The Eagles are getting a favorable schedule now, and Dallas will get that favorable schedule in new, new, in uh, November when they play the Giants, Carolina, and Washington in consecutive weeks. 
Um, but after that, then Dallas has to deal with Seattle, Philadelphia, Buffalo, Miami, Detroit Oof. in consecutive weeks. You know, they still got a game coming up at the Chargers. Yeah, they that's, deal not, with they, they, that's this week. Next yeah. Monday night. Next and Monday the Chargers night. coming off a bye. And then after that, they get the Rams at home, and the Rams are not going to be a pushover. It's not an easy game. No. Nope. You know, but, you know, first of all, Trey Lance, you know, part of the reason we brought you to Dallas Trey was so you can give us some insight into the into the mechanisms that make Kyle Shanahan's offense work. You stunk at giving us inside information. <laughs> it's You're Trey stunk. Lance's fault. I blame Trey Lance. <laughs> We're blaming Trey Lance for that loss last <laughs> Trey Lance, you're brought here for a reason, and you blew it. Oh my God! We should trade you to Carolina. That's what we should do. Uh, uh, but yeah, it, like we talked about earlier, for a minute it was a game, and then then it wasn't. Uh, no, Kittle no. reemerged. Kittle Kittle had kind of been like Goddard in that it, it was quiet yes. for him, and he didn't care. He's like, look, I, I want to win, man. I'm I need me to block. I block whatever. But he goes. He he has a big one last night for sure. I mean, really, everybody was involved. Debo was involved. Ayuk was involved. McCaffrey really didn't go crazy. Uh, but but Purdy Gunner, you know this guy. All he does is win, and he doesn't throw interceptions. He does not hurt you in any way, shape, no. or form. He he no. takes care of that football, man. And then they let the defense eat. That's what they do. You know, we make we make a lot of jokes about Brock Purdy, um, and, and and you know his sleight of build, and he got knocked out of the game early against the Eagles. I'm gonna tell you something. Brock Purdy's legit. Yeah. I'll tell you that right now. Um, he's undefeated in the regular season. Hasn't turned the ball over once so far in five games this season. Uh, look at how Shanahan uses him. Um, everything's quick strike. You know, I talked about, I talked about on the pregame show when you look at a Sean McVay passing offense. Sean McVay likes to cre- create chaos in the middle of the field. Yep. And that's what the Rams did for the first half. The 49ers passing attack cre- creates chaos from start to finish. Look at how many receivers are wide open. First of all, set up by the play action. And then all of a sudden you're wondering, how in the world is this guy so wide open? But when you have the depth that they have of pass catchers, you can't cover everybody. I don't care if you are putting seven. You can put seven back against four or seven against five. You still can't cover everybody because their routes are so precise. Mm -hmm. It's like watching synchronized swimming. Whatever they do, they do it to perfection. (laughs) They don't make many mistakes. That's you a great. Make... That's a great analogy. I'm sorry to you like that. You like yeah, that? I do. I do. I, 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 you know what? Because you and I are family, distant cousins. <laughs> I won't I'm steal gonna, it. Let you use it. No, no, I will give you, you attribution if I use it. You will get attribution if I use it. Anyway. Okay, I, I'm just yeah. saying you can use it on your radio show. It's like watching synchronized swimming. You don't see receivers bunched up in one area. You know, look at how many games we watched. You know, somebody ran the wrong route. You, you never have two receivers in the same area. You never see that with this passing attack. You never see receivers running into each other. Everybody knows exactly where they're supposed to be. Brock Purdy doesn't hold the ball any longer than he has to. Yeah. And he's undefeated. Mr. Irrelevant. The last player taken in a draft who's lucky to be on the NFL roster, who's only been able to play the game because the two quarterbacks in front of him got injured. All of a sudden, he's become one of the talks of the NFL. And here's the big thing. Here's the funniest thing. He's making 840000 and he still has a roommate. He has a roommate because it's so expensive in San Francisco. Can you imagine the starting quarterback for the Niners? It's so absurd. He can't even – he can't afford his own place. I yeah. mean, 
And he drives an older Toyota Sequoia because he doesn't want a car payment. <laughs> did, had, FYI, did, did you see the cutaways to his parents last night? Yes. Yes. Mrs. Purdy. Yeah. Strong. I ain't saying nothing. All right. I'll say it. Uh, anyway, we'll keep it moving. We will keep I, I, it moving. I, I, don't know, I don't know what you're talking about. I know. I know you don't. I don't. Uh, anyway. <laughs> But no, you're right. It, 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 it's like everything offensively with them is like timing mechanism. It, it, it is just like to, to a T. It, it is, you're right, synchronized swimming or diving or whatever you said. It's perfect. Synchronized uh, swimming. I told swimming. you you can use it, but you got to get it down right. I got to get it right. You can't yeah. be using gun. I know. I can't paraphrase. Right. I know. You, All right. I mean, uh, the dude was only sacked one time. Rob, I'm, I'm looking at this guy's, uh, his game log for the season already. Yeah. Brock Purdy, nine touchdown passes. No interceptions. He's only been sacked eight times. His season QB rating right now is 123.1. Yeah. No, JM. I am not the MILF hunter. No, thank you. I just was pointing out something, and we'll keep it moving. That's all we'll do. We will keep it moving. Yes. Rob Zach Wilson, Alice. <laughs> uh, good line. It was a good line. Uh, anyway, yes, yes. Zach, I think Zach would approve. Yes, of Yes. Well, anyway, all right. Let's. What am I doing? All right. Stop so, it. stop it. Defensively, I'll tell you what. The most under talked about, maybe you tell. I might be overstating that, but a guy who probably, in my opinion, doesn't get quite enough love is Ooh. Fred Warner. Oh my god, that goodness. guy is an absolute terror on the defensive side of the ball, and he showed it again last night. Why that's the case? Very seldom out of place. Flows to the ball better than any inside linebacker in the game today. There's a reason why this dude is a pro bowler every year. He had a pick yesterday off a of ricochet, you know, just yes. happened to be in the right place at the right time. But you talk about big play money linebackers. Um, I don't think there's any better right now in football than Fred Warner. Yeah. Uh, he's just that good on an already outstanding defense. Yes. He's yeah, the heart he's, of that he, defense. Playing they're awesome. Defense. There's no weakness. No, no, not for it says blue Tony Pollard out of his socks. He did. He did. <laughs> he did. He lit Pollard up. But I just wonder, you know, Dallas three and two now. And, you know, for all the hype that always accompanies them, for all the talk, oh, they're this, they're that, whatever. It's like you look like the same team. You look like a team with a lot of talent. But ultimately, yeah. when you come up in a big spot, you come up small. Yeah. It just, it just feels like we're headed down the same path. And, Believe me, I love it, but it just feels the same way. And it starts. Um, it starts with the deck. Deck is not going through his progressions. Holds the ball too long, you know. Now the one you know, he threw two picks, but one of them was a ricochet. So I, you know, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll give yeah. him that. That happens. Yeah. Yeah. But he, you know, he he's still he's still not making the plays you expect a franchise quarterback who's been with that team as long as he has to make. He, he doesn't make enough plays consistently. Yeah, you know they don't utilize Brandon Cooks uh, uh, better than they. He's they a do. non-factor. He's non-factor. He's just there. I mean, like yeah. that dude can take the top off a of defense. Why are you not utilizing him more? Yeah. I don't get it. Yep, no, I agree. I agree. So uh, they go down. So that that moves the Niners to five and zero. Cowboys three and two. See, if you look at the NFC East, Gunner, Eagles five and zero. Cowboys three and two. So they have two two game lead on them. Uh, the you know the, the Giants who we're going to get to in one second a mess. Washington off of that embarrassment on Thursday night. I mean, it almost feels like you could just put those two away, you know, and and, and it's, yeah, yeah. you just think about the Cowboys. All right, well, let, let's stay there for a minute. So the Giants, uh, they lose pretty, pretty handily uh, to the Dolphins yesterday. 
their concern is Daniel Jones and that neck. So you remember yep. he had he had neck issues a couple of years ago, um, yep. and he and he re-injured it last night. I, I haven't seen anything. I've been following all our guys like uh, Pat Leonard and Jordan Raynon who cover the Giants. Yeah. I haven't seen anything yep. yet today, but not that he's lighting the world on fire. But man, he goes down. I, you could almost call it a wrap for this season for them. You may be calling it right now. Um, the initial report I saw this morning, they don't think it's a serious injury, but this dude has been sacked 28 times in five games, six in the last two games. That's not even an offensive line in front of him. Those guys, those guys should be arrested for impersonating offensive linemen in the (laughs) national football league. I'm serious. You know, watching him get beat up the last two games. If I was Daniel Jones, you know what? Trade me. I don't care if you trade me to Canada right now, you know, and I blame this, you know, people, you know, people make fun of Daniel Jones and his ineptness sometimes. This is not on Daniel Jones. Yeah. This is on the organization for, for not addressing the offensive line situation. You knew it was a problem this offseason. You did very little to address it. And now the quarterback who you gave money to, that big contract to who a lot of people thought should not have gotten it, now he's paying the price. And you're st- standing here with egg on your face. What happens? What has happened to him the last two games is an embarrassment to offensive linemen in the National Football League. I mean, you got edge rushers going around their tackles like they're basically going to just running in the wind. The offensive tackles can't even get out of the stance Terrible. before edge rushers are past them already, and they're blasting Daniel, and he's taking a beating for this. Yeah, no, I know. And on top of it, you know, it's like how much <laughs> if Sa- <laughs> Tina. You see a Tina <laughs> Okay. Okay. It's Monday. She, she's it's right. Monday. She's right. Yeah, it's getting well, close man. to that point if you're him. I, I mean, yeah, like, yeah. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, I feel so bad for him. He just got a massive payday. But there is a part of me when I watch these games, I'm like, what do you want from this dude? They have no talent on the outside other than da- uh, Darren Waller. They're so Saquon right. dependent. If he's not 100%, yeah. you're screwed there. He's got – they did. They. I think they got fooled by last year, Derek. They really did. I don't know I that they self scouted well enough to say. I agree. You know what? Maybe you know we snuck up on some people and blah blah blah. I think they sort of believe their own press clippings. Honestly, um, I think Daniel Jones is a is a great athlete playing quarterback. I don't think he's a great quarterback, yeah. but you have basically handcuffed this dude and 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 allowed him to be beat to a pulp. Because your offensive line couldn't block me or you. That's how bad that offensive line is. It's a shame watching them come out of a stance and people just going around going around them like they're not even standing there. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of quarterbacks, you know, when their offensive line plays well, what do they do? They buy them expensive gifts, you know, like Rolex watches or weekend, you know, hunting trips and stuff like that. If I was Daniel Jones, anything I bought this offensive line before, I want it all back now. I want everything yep. back because yep. you haven't earned it in any way, shape, or form. And I don't know how you're going to fix this. Now, they added uh, Justin Pugh, I believe it was, last week uh, to the offensive line. He was a former first-round pick. So he's got to get acclimated to what they're doing. It's a completely different system compared to what he was when he was with the Giants before. Yeah, You need to go out and find some offensive linemen. There's some offensive linemen sitting out there somewhere because what you have right now is an embarrassment to the New York Giants organization and the National Football League for calling themselves offensive linemen in, in the NFL.
Great point. It can't get worse. I mean, you 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 couldn't bring. Oh yes, it can. Oh, no, yes, I'm saying can. if you brought somebody in from the oh, outside, oh. Can, they can't play worse than what they're playing right. now. But right. uh, yeah, so they're one in four, Derek. This was a playoff team last year. One in four. Yes. Three straight losses. The Commanders three straight losses. They remember they started off two and zero. Oh, so those two are going south really fast. And, um, and guess and guess what, Rob? Uh, they just got beat up by the Dolphins. Guess where they travel this week? To Buffalo, <laughs> Ooh, coming off a loss too. Coming off angry a loss Buffalo. to Miami. Yeah, angry are Buffalo. Kidding? Are you kidding me? I'm telling you, man. Uh, yeah, that is that is that is hideous. All right, well, let's talk about the Dolphins here. The flip side of it, um, I, I don't know when they're right offensively. I'm not really sure what you do to stop this. I, I mean, when they're throwing Tyreek Hill at you, when they're throwing. Uh, uh, a cane at you, Mostert at you, Waddle at you. I, I I don't I don't know how you slow that train down. I mean, Buffalo did a good job two weeks ago, but yeah, they did. Man, I mean, Tua goes for over three hundred in the air, twenty-two of thirty, very efficient. Now he did have a couple of bad picks, mind you. That was that was a problem. Um, but yeah, but but yeah, D- Devon A cane, uh, ele- D- Gunner, eleven rushes, a buck fifty-one. He averaged thirteen point seven per possible? carry. How's okay? that possible? Tyree Kill, 8 for 181. That's 22.6 per catch. You know, it, it Waddle didn't do much, and they still put up 31 points yesterday. Tyree Kill was ticked off because Buffalo held him to under 100 yards last week. Man, did he make up for it yesterday. Um, I don't know. I don't know how you slow that offense down. I told you at the top of the show I found this stat, uh, and, it, and it was posted by um, Adam Schefter. And here's a stat that, that you need. all you need to know about Miami is this. Through five games, Miami has 2,568 yards of total of total yards of offense and now has surpassed the 2,000 St. Louis Rams and their 25-27 total yards for the most total yards of an offense by a team in its first five games of a season in NFL history. This team has twenty almost 2,600 yards God. of offense in five games. You know, uh, you, you look at Miami's point total this season, 36 – 24, 70, 48, 31. I mean, I mean, are you serious? It's ridiculous. If it Tua is. stays healthy, Tua's going to be an MVP candidate if he stays yeah. healthy this year. Yeah. No question yeah. about it. I agree. Um, all right, let's go to this one. We talked about it earlier. So the Jets beat – but I'll tell you, the Broncos stink. The Broncos are, are, a, are a cough up by the Bears away from being winless. You know, well, as bad as it looked last year with Hackett – they're worse. Sean Payton can spin this yeah. any way he wants. They're worse through five games this year than they were last year with Hackett. They just mm. are. Yeah. Um, and I don't understand it because when you look at the when you look at the talent on this on this Broncos team, I don't understand how they're this discombobulated. You know, Cortland Sutton, great receiver, has one catch for 13 yards. Jerry Judy. When, and phenomenal talent, six catches, 50 yards. They can't get any offense going. They can't run the football. They can't do much of anything. You know, yeah. they, they had – what was the rushing total? Now, they did have 139 yards rushing on 22 carries. Uh, Russell had 49 yards of that. But the defense has not been anywhere. I'm looking at the defensive personnel. Kareem Jackson, you know, Zach Allen, who they brought in from Arizona, Patrick Sertain. You know, they've got talent up and down. You know, even Alex Singleton, since he's left here and gone there, has played well. 
Yeah, he's attacking. They have, the team. They, yeah. they, have ta- they have talent, and they play like this. I, you know, and, and you know what the thing is? If you look at Russell Wilson's numbers, Gunner, they're they're okay. I mean, they're they're not bad. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah, got eleven yeah. touchdowns, two interceptions, uh, one hundred six passer rating, completing sixty seven. Like none of that stuff's terrible at all. But it's like, I don't know. Is he still a difference maker? Like, is he still elite? Uh, you know what I mean? Like, he doesn't look uh, as bad as he looked last year. But is he still really special? I don't know if he is. See that. See, I, I, I'm looking at Zach Wilson's log from this season alone, and, and this is why I'm sure a lot of people are, are frustrated with him. I mean, he's got four touchdowns and five interceptions. Yeah, he's still not getting it. You know, three consecutive losses uh, before they won um, against Denver. They scored 10, 10, and 20 points. Now, granted, it was against Dallas, Belichick's defense, and Kansas City. 10, 10, and 20 points. Um, But he's not coming close to what they had hoped he would be. Now, you spent all offseason tutoring under Aaron Rodgers. You told the, the, the general public that you've learned so much from him in a short amount of time, and yet you still can't translate that to your play on the field. And that's why I said coming in here, I'd be shocked if the Jets can score 20 points on this Eagles defense, Yeah, to be honest with you. Yeah. And that Jets defense is a monster. Hey, look, let me tell you something. Dude, they got pro bowlers across the board. Trenches, linebackers, secondary. There's no weakness as you work your way back off the defensive line. There isn't. And I wouldn't be surprised if that Eagles – if if that Jets Jets defense will be on the field at least 35 minutes against this Eagles offense on Sunday. I really would. I agree with you. Look, I think it's um th- th- that's the challenge this week. I mean, the Jets defense is very, very good and very deep. Uh, yeah, the Eagles got their work cut out for them offensively. They are. I'd be curious if this is one of those run games or it's a pass game. You know, it, the Eagles can do both. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you know, you know, we'll see. But um, all right, I think they're going to have to throw the ball. I don't know if they can run on this Jets defense. Yeah. I think they're going to have to throw it. But if if the Jets defense is on the field 35, 37 minutes, they're going to be sucking wind. Yeah. It's going to be advantage Eagles. They're going to be sucking wind. No question. That's a good point. The, the one thing I will say about the Jets offense that you have to make note of, Brees Hall's really good. And there was no pitch count for him yesterday. They just let him loose, and he had a he had a big game. Brees Hall's legit. So uh, he's going to be the guy you got a key on uh, from a defensive standpoint. Oh, the th- there's no question. He had 22 carries for a buck 77. He took off on a 72 yard run. Yeah. He's a um, obviously that need is all the way back. They had 234 yards rushing on Denver's yeah. defense. Oh, I mean, man, they're freight training people on, on the running game and yeah. Dalvin cook hasn't done much of anything since he's now it's been slow for him. It really has. I thought he'd have more of an impact. I, I wonder, exactly. yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't think he's done, but uh, yeah, you wonder what's going on there. Um, Things are getting real interesting in New England, Derek. So they lose 34 to nothing uh, to the Saints. Yet another game where Mac Jones is pulled, two interceptions. <clears throat> they haven't scored a touchdown now in 34 possessions nope. uh, have, have the Patriots. Uh, and Belichick said after the game, Jones is still our guy. But you got to wonder, you know, at some point, do you not just do something to shake this up? Uh, it, it just feels listless. And they're done in that division uh, with, with Miami. Oh, there's no, oh, there's no question. They're, they're cooked. Forget it. But, I mean, wh- wh- what is New England going to do? Your options are Bailey Zappi and Will Greer? 
Yeah, it's not. I mean, good. What are they going to do? It's not going to be. It's not. It's not getting any better. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, I just can't believe they're this bad. I thought Bill O'Brien would be the savior to Mac Jones. I thought Bill O'Brien would get Mac Jones back to that 2021 rookie season when he, when people were saying, "Hey, you know what? The Patriots may have gotten a steal at a quarterback here." Um, but right now, he's worse than he was last year. Yeah. You know, and, and the offensive line is not bad. You've got a good running back tandem in, you know, Ramondre Stevenson and Zeke. You know, you've got decent receivers. You got Kendrick Bourne, some Juju Smith Schuster, Devontae Parker. You've got two great tight ends in Hunter Henry and Mike Gusecki. Yep. What's the problem with this team? I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, and I'm with you. Like, they, they look, it doesn't look a whole lot different than last year uh, when it was the Patricia Judge you know, combo platter. No, no. So, uh, you know, you do wonder at some point, you know, not only Belichick's future going forward, but also do they take away the GM title from him and just say you're coaching? Oh, and if that's the case, does he walk if he loses that? I, because they haven't selected, obviously, well enough in the draft. They haven't made good enough moves in free agency, trades, whatever. They're not talented to enough collectively from a roster standpoint. They're just not. And there's no Tom Brady to bail you out. Well, they did that to Andy Reid in his tenure here in Philadelphia. They took that GM title from him and told him, look, man, you just coach. We'll worry about getting the players. Now, obviously, when you have a when you have a, the GOAT, Tom Brady, um, at your disposal, whatever deficiencies you might have, he hides those real quick with the way he's played the game uh, for the majority of his career. But since Tom Brady has left, there's a lot of things that have been exposed about this Patriots organization. And then, of course, we heard in the spring, but even before um, OTA started, there could be tension between Robert Kraft and, and Tom Belichick. Kraft is not happy with the direction his team is going. He's tired of watching these losing seasons, you know, and who knows? Belichick, I, here's what I think. If it continues to go the way it's going to go, this is Belichick's last season in New England. Nice. I think he will, I think they will have a meeting behind closed doors. And they will publicly state, after a meeting of the minds and a mutual consent, we have decided that as great as he was for the history of the New England Patriots and the history of pro football, it's time to go our separate ways. Belichick will sit back, because there's going to be about four or five jobs that are going to be open uh, after the season. He will sit back and probably take the best of the best, come back into coaching, and finish off becoming the all-time winningest coach. I believe he wants that record to be the all-time winningest coach. I agree with you. I agree with you. I, th- I I think it's it is very possible he's coaching somewhere else next year. I think that is a distinct possibility. Um, elsewhere, oh by the way, so uh, Dable said that they're optimistic about Jones and he may even play this week. Okay, um, so that's the latest. Saquon oh, getting closer. Daniel Jones. Look, man, if I was Daniel Jones, you sit this one I'd, out, buddy. Yeah, I'd fake a neck injury for the next. Hey, man, you know what? I feel this tingling like, sensation. Uh, I feel uh, numbness in my arms. I can't play this week. Yeah. I'm not going back there behind that offensive line. And they got to go to Buffalo this week. Uh, yeah. Yep. I'm not, I hear I'm you. not getting back. And Von Miller just getting warmed up. And there's no guarantee that Saquon plays. They're still not sure if he's no. going to play. Andrew but Thomas is play. definitely, almost definitely out again for another week. You're your yes. left tackle. I'm not. I'm not playing in that game, man. Hey, look, man. I feel tingling sensation in my fingers and numbness. I cannot grip a football. I, I'm sorry. I got to tap out on this one. <laughs> uh, well, all right. Let's stay there. I don't. I can't figure Buffalo out. You know. I guess credit to the Jags to an extent. I don't know how many people watch the game, but 
they couldn't do anything offensively. Buffalo well, yesterday. Part part of the problem was Buffalo had a rookie tackle that made two two bad holding penalties on a key drive. Yeah. Uh, for that team, and that, and that really cost them. But in turn, I didn't I didn't think Jacksonville could stand up to Buffalo like that, especially after what Buffalo had just done in Miami. I thought this is going to be a third loss for Doug Peterson, and he's going to have to go back to the drawing board to try to figure this thing out. Um, but hey, Jacksonville went over to London, stayed there for two weeks. They started the campaign one and one and two. Now they're three and two. They're two and zero oh, uh, in London. Okay. Um, Trevor Lawrence had a huge game again. Now, granted, here's a big problem with Buffalo. They are losing defensive starters by the drove. They lost Milano yesterday. That's fractured, a uh, fractured fibula. That's a huge loss. Von Miller's not all the way back yet. And they've lost three or four other key pieces on that defense. You know, and they still play well, considering their volume of pieces they lost yesterday. Even Ed Oliver got hurt yesterday yeah. in the game. Yep. You know, they still have Jacksonville to 25 points. But the offense. You got Josh Allen. You got Stephon Diggs. You got me. You, you know you got to make stuff happen here. You yeah. got Latavius Murray. You got James Cook running the football. You got Damian Harris. You got running backs. You got offensive line. You got to make stuff happen. You, you I, Jacksonville's not a, a defense that should have held them to twenty five points. No, no, no way. No. So. Yep, hundred percent agree with you. Um, up for tonight, Derek. Uh, just an FYI, we'll get to this game in a minute. But the Packers and the Raiders yeah. are playing. Tom Pelissaro of the NFL Network reporting that Devontae Adams, who was listed as questionable with a shoulder, is expected is he to play. Out? Is he out? He's playing. Yes. Oh, he's playing tonight? He's oh, playing, my friend. Oh, my goodness. Yep. Sorry. Hey, look, I am a huge Devontae Adams fan because he wore the green and gold color proudly, and he put up some great numbers. I did not want to see Devontae Adams playing this Green Bay defense tonight. I know. I know. And uh, it, Aaron Jones right now, status remains up in the air. But according to Pelissaro, sounds like he's unlikely to go. So that's Aaron, Aaron Jones, Jones is going to be out again. Uh, he says unlikely, not a hundred percent, but unlikely. Yeah. Green Bay is that China doll team. They got more fragile players on that team than you know what to do with. Yeah. Zaire Alexander, Pro Bowl corner, iffy. Their other uh, first round draft pick, Eric Stokes, hasn't played yet. Bakhtiari is now out for the year. He's got to have a fifth knee surgery in less than three years. You know, Elgin Jenkins, the Pro Bowl right, left left guard. I don't know if he's playing tonight. Yeah. Christian Watson still dealing with a hamstring injury. The speedster wide receiver. You know, it's like I, just, I told you. What did I tell you at the beginning of the season, Ryan? I know. You're right. I am numb to this entire season because I don't expect much out of Green Bay. They're the youngest team in the league, averaging just over 24 years in age. Yeah. This is a, this is a, it's a growing year. I had to go through this with Favre his first year, Aaron Rodgers his first year. I expected this, you know. I just love getting under my cousin's skin who lives and dies Green Bay. And, he, you know, every time I said, dude, what did I tell you? Yeah, you think you know everything. I do. I'm telling you. I told you what was going to happen. You're not listening to me. I told you. Pump the brakes. This is not Green Bay's year. Even yeah. though my colleague Rob Ellis is adamant that he picked Green Bay as one of his seven playoff teams. What did I tell you this season? I'm oh, getting a little worried. Yeah, I'm getting a little worried about that one. Yep. This is not the year for Green Bay to be a playoff team. I'm a little worried about that one. But I love I'll Jordan Love. Jordan Love is a ball player. He is. A, I like Jordan Love. Uh, yeah. The combination of the Packers injuries and the Lions are really coming on now. Yes. Like the, 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 you know, they did it yesterday without Amon Ross St. Brown, too. I mean, they're that's a dangerous unit right there, that, that, that Lions team. Uh, Lions, sure. Lions are going to run away with that division. Minnesota stinks. Chicago, they should just cancel the rest of the Bears season. 
and Green Bay's in a growing mode. If Green Bay finishes 500, that's a win season for Green Bay. If they go 500 this season. Yeah. Uh, Lions put a 42 spot up yesterday. Jeez. Um, yeah. Against Carolina. David Montgomery's been awesome. Uh, yeah. he, he ran for, for 109 yards, almost six yards per carry yesterday. And they got, just got good contributions from everybody. Yeah. Uh, you know, everybody stepped up uh, offensively and they, they create a lot of turnovers. You know, they really do. They had uh, Bryce Young through two um yesterday which you know obviously you, you you see the impact of guys like like Hutchinson um who had the sack and then the 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 forced turnover but but anyway D- Detroit's good Detroit is really good uh that, that's hey, for sure. hey, can, can, can you imagine how elated David Montgomery is to be out of oh. Chicago after spending four seasons with Chicago He's got 371 yards rushing, six rushing touchdowns, and only 88 carries. Yeah, he got off the Can Titanic. You, you know, I he mean, he did, man. Yeah, he hopped to do a little lifeboat and, yeah, paddled his way out of there. Yeah, that's for sure. Hmm. Um, all right, elsewhere, this this stinks. So Anthony Richardson hurt the AC joint of his shoulder. I don't know if you saw the play. He got slammed yeah. down yeah. on that right shoulder, man. So it's – yeah, it's a shame. It looks like he's he's not going to be able to go for in their next one. And I, you know, that Colts team somehow, some way, they figure it out. You know, they they've done a excellent job. Yeah, you know, the smartest move I think Steichen made was bringing in a quarterback who knew a system in Minshew. That was the I agree with you. Move made, you know, yep. Anthony Richardson's a big boy, 6'4", 250 pounds. But Anthony Richardson has to learn how to protect himself better. You know, you can bounce off these tacklers against college kids, 18, 19, 20 years old. You're playing against grown men in the NFL who are looking to light you up every week. You already missed one game because of a concussion. He got blasted at the goal line and missed a game because of that. Now he may be out for a month with this uh, AC joint sprain. Yeah. Because that's about as close to a tear as you can get in that joint. That's a bad one. Yep. Who knows how long he's going to be out, man, Mm -hmm. you know. But you learn you got to learn to protect yourself. I don't care how big you are and how invincible you think you are. You got grown men trying to take your head off every time you step beyond that line of scrimmage. Yeah. Um, they the Colts did a really good job defensively uh with the Titans ground game. They they held Henry to 3.3 yards per carry. They got DeAndre Hopkins got his in the air, but they did a good job defensively on that side, uh, for sure. And they got a Big game out of Zach Moss. You know, the, the headline was Jonathan Allen, uh, Taylor returning, mm-hmm. but it was Zach Moss, 23 carries, a buck 65, two touchdowns. He had a 56 yarder that he ripped off, too. Um, but yeah, really, and, and I'll, I'll tell you what, bless you. Uh, give the um, give the Colts credit. They got a deal done with Taylor, Derek. He yep. gets three year extension, 42 million, which considering what running backs are being paid in this day and age, he got paid and then yep. some. So, yep. Both both parties just kind of laid low. They got it done. They let all the other animosity go, and uh, I, I I think it's a win for both sides. I do. I, I like it for both teams. For both I want to know who convinced Ursay to let this happen, considering in July he came out and basically threw a log on an already hot fire by saying that we're not paying him any more than the franchise tag, and hey, that's the market for running backs as it is now. Now that they've got it done, here's the thing. When it was announced that Jonathan Taylor was going back to practice, I'm thinking, okay, he's finally conceded defeat. Ten million is still ten million. He doesn't want to lose any of that because if he didn't play by by week seven or week eight, he loses a, a big all that money. Um, 
obviously they, he knew a week before uh, that this deal was coming down because all of a sudden he returns to practice. Uh, Shane Steichen comes out. I've had two conversations with Jonathan Taylor. He is excited to be here. Um, he tells me he's looking forward to getting out here and helping us. And then all of a sudden, five days later, a deal's done. So obviously they knew the deal was coming. I want to know who got to uh, Jim Irsay, that knucklehead, and basically said, look, dude, you made a mistake. You put your foot in your mouth. Just eat crow. And we need this dude because now we might be better than any of us in his organization thought we would be under right. Shane Steichen. With him, as, as good as Moss is playing, Jonathan Taylor makes that offense that much better when you consider they have marginal receivers at best. Yeah, they can be lethal on the ground. They really can. That, that can be an excellent, oh. uh, you know, one-two punch there for sure. Um, there's no question about that. Uh, all right, elsewhere uh, around the NFL, and again, we, we could, could be a couple weeks for Richardson. We don't know. Justin Jefferson with the hamstring, Derek. So they're shutting him down yeah. today. Yeah. Um, and they're still awaiting some word on the test. The, the way Kevin O'Connell, the coach, was acting, yeah. I, I don't think this is good. Um, we'll see. I hope I'm wrong. Mm. But it looked like it, we was that, – that could be a little bit more serious, that one. Well, when you consider that Justin Jefferson was the um, – is number three in receiving yards this season – um, that's a huge part of an already struggling offense. He is yeah. he is the focal point of that offense. And as mediocre as the Vikings have been offensively this year, you take him out of the equation. You know, if 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 I'm Kirk Cousins, I'm thinking, what the heck you want me to do with this? You took Dalvin Cook from me. Now I don't have Justin Jefferson. Adam Thielen's gone. What do you want me to do with this? You know, I, I understand you paid Hawkinson, made him the highest paid tight end, and yeah. we can't stress the field with a tight end. Right. We need some weapons here. Mm -hmm. You know, Madison is not that guy at running back. The young receiver they picked up in the first round is still finding his way. Yeah. You know, Minnesota's in a hot mess, and I'm all for it. Thank you very much. All right. I so I didn't want to gloss over the the in the in the Jets win over Denver. You know what that means to to Nathaniel Hackett. He got bad mouthed out the door. Sean yeah. Payton. You know, just threw a, a Molotov cocktail on on his his era. Not that it was good, but he crushed them out the door. Um, you know, and the, I thought the Jets played it perfectly this week. They made him a team captain on Friday. The the player, like Hackett, didn't say anything, but the players all had his back publicly. And then they go out, they win, and they present him with a team ball afterwards, yeah. or game ball. I, I thought that was really really cool. Uh, I thought I'm ha I'm happy for the guy because he he did get dumped on in a big way. That is respect at its finest when uh, your entire offense rallies around you. And we heard going into the game, days going into the game, they wanted to win this one for Hackett. Um, because let's face it, um, Sean Payton stepped across the imaginary line of what you say and what you don't say, you know, and that's going to haunt him the rest of the season. And he's got to eat crow. He had to stand over there on that sideline and watch watch the Jets freight train his defense up and down the field, running the football 32 times for 232 yards. And Nathaniel Hackett came up with a game plan. Yeah, that same Nathaniel Hackett, who you said was the worst coaching job in the history of pro football, came in there and had a blueprint good enough to beat your team, which you had a pretty good defense. So you got to eat crow with this one. And, oh, by the way, everybody who thought, including me, Sean Payton would immediately turn that Denver team around they're one up in, in what four down, yep. one up and, and four the only down. win is against the Bears, against the Bears, and had to come from behind and win that one. Right, you know. yeah, not good. Uh, Deshaun Watson still not practicing. 
uh, with the shoulder. So they're, they're coming off that, uh, that buy, but he's still not practicing today. They had, they held practice. Kevin Stefanski. He's the, he said he's, he doesn't know what his status is. You know, he doesn't know if he's going to be able to go or not. So he, he knows he, 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 he guarantee you, he knows what his status is right yeah. now, but here's the problem. So Deshaun Watson doesn't play the last game. They get blasted. But but well, he got hurt in the Buffalo uh, the Baltimore game. They get blasted by Baltimore, twenty eight three. The same Baltimore team that could barely score ten points against Pittsburgh yesterday. Yeah, they bad offense. Now, Deshaun, uh, if I got to call in uh, a witch doctor or whoever, I need Deshaun by October fifteenth because San Francisco's coming to town uh, in Cleveland. Yeah, and you do not want to play San Francisco without Deshaun Watson. I, I don't I, think Sean Watson's going to beat him, period, but still. You got a fighting chance because Cleveland's got a good defense, good offensive line. But if Deshaun Watson's not playing, it could be another route. I agree with Wrap you. Wrap it up. Yep, I, I think so, too. I, I think we're that's probably what we're looking at here, if, if that's the case. And then, yeah, in that division, which is kind of murky now, uh, you know, with, with the yeah, way that some of these yeah. teams are playing. Pittsburgh, it's tough to get a read on Pittsburgh. I mean, they to their credit, they hung in there with Baltimore in an ugly one yesterday and they did yeah, enough man. special teams and uh, defensively high Smith and Watt making plays, whatever. And, and they won an ugly one, which is fine. But you look at that division, Pittsburgh's three and two, Baltimore's three and two, Cleveland off of a bye, two and two Cincinnati responded and, and are two and three now, but that's not as good overall as we thought it was going to be that division. Um, but that, that Mike Tomlin team on the field yesterday is exactly what we thought it would be. It's a grounded out type team. They want to beat yeah. you in submission. They want to stand. They want to stand in in the back alley with you and go toe to toe, and they'll swing with you knuckle to knuckle until the last man is standing. That's how they won that football game yesterday. Yeah. You know, Lamar Jackson could do very little against that defense. Plus, Lamar threw a horrendous back shoulder oh. interception in the end zone to Joey Porter Jr. Yep. Uh, Terrible throw was, uh, and but still, Pittsburgh's defense held you to ten points after you just came off a twenty-eight point performance. That's the Pittsburgh. That's the Mike Tomlin Pittsburgh team. Yeah, they're not gonna. They don't care about being pretty. They just want to mm-hmm. be successful. Yeah, I agree. All right, elsewhere, the Falcons. This was a back and forth one. The Falcons beat the uh, Texans twenty-one nineteen. Atlanta now moves to three and two. Texans now two and three. Uh. I think we hit every other game, didn't we? Oh, and, and the Bengals yeah. won 34-20 over the Cardinals. Uh, it, it looked like Barrow looked more like himself um, in that game, hit Chase a bunch of times. Yeah, one really pretty deep one, like a long, long one. Mm-hmm. That was nice. And then, of course, the Chiefs beat the Vikings in a pretty game that was relatively close for a while as well. 27-20, the, the, well, yeah. one of the things of note in that game, Travis Kelsey goes down, as we mentioned, non-contact. Yeah. Then came back later in the game, uh, and I think he had a, a touchdown in the game as well. Maybe a two point conversion. He did. Yeah. He had a touchdown. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So he came um, back. And they won. Kansas City, Kansas City, and their ankle injuries. Um, they ought to write a book about how to overcome ankle injuries and get back on the field of play. You know, you you look at you know, Mahomes last season limping around. All of a sudden, playoff game against Cincinnati. He's running like Usain Bolt. Super Bowl game against the Eagles. He's running down the field like Carl Lewis. Man, and then Travis Kelsey limps off the field, throws his helmet, goes into the locker room, comes back out, touchdown catch for Travis Kelsey. Yeah, I mean seriously, yeah. You know. Kudos, kudos to my boy Rick Burkholder for getting these guys up. He does do an amazing yeah. job. 
Yeah, that's for sure. All right, let's get a timeout. We're going to hit uh, one of the all-time, all-time instances of coaching malpractice in the college game happened Saturday at the U. So we'll talk about that. Uh, we'll dig into a bunch of other things as well. B- believe it or not, the Sixers played last night, Derek. I know, I know. And the Flyers kick off their season Thursday. For Already? Real, for real, for real. Yes. Oh. We'll talk about it all when we come back. I could tell you, I could see your excitement. We'll do that. Uh, round out some Eagle stuff and some Phillies. We'll give predictions on tonight's Phillies game as well. Birthdays, movies. Got it all in store. Don't go anywhere. He's Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take. Right back. I remember getting my heart broken when they lost the Super Bowl in 2004. We're big Eagles fans. We moved to South Philly because of the Eagles. When they won... We went straight to Broad Street, and uh, everybody was going nuts over there, and it was just a, a memory that you'll never forget. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, We've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. Soganow helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you at Rafferty Subaru. 
Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Final segment of the show. Welcome back, everybody. That's Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. We're hanging out with you. We are Sports Take. All right, Gunner, I don't know if you saw this because it was, you know, in, a lot going on Saturday night. But uh, Miami, University of Miami is up uh, with time dwindling down. And, and all they had to do was kneel on the football mm-hmm. against Georgia Tech to ice it. And even during the broadcast, the announcers are saying, I don't know what they're doing here, why they're not in victory formation. Just take the snap, go to a knee, goodbye. They end up handing it off. Worst case scenario, they fumble. Georgia Tech gets the ball back and miraculously on the last play of the game connect uh, on a on a touchdown pass. I mean, Mario Cristobal, you, you talk about a sleep at the wheel. You talk about just unacceptable – I said coaching malpractice, and and sometimes we say that, and we we're just going way over the top. This is not over the top. It's the worst decision making at the end of a game that I've seen, and it's the kind of stuff that gets you not coaching the next game. It, it, does he still have a job? Yes. Obviously, Miami doesn't care about winning the rest of the season. Then disgrace. Hey, you overcoach you, you learns from that mistake, but still, it costs you. That's a huge cost. You like, know, there's things um, that happened, Gunner, during the course of a game that you can question. Oh, should they have run it here? Should they have gone for it on fourth down? Okay, and you can debate it. Even if you don't like it, you can debate it. There was no debating this. This wasn't a second guess. It was a first guess. It was, yeah, don't do it. Yeah. This is the dumbest thing you could possibly do. You And you you left the door open, and they smashed it open on you. And you lost. You know, Miami had won that game. They'd have been 5-0. and oh. Yeah. It yeah. would have been five and zero, and moving up the ranks. Um, that that's a huge that's a huge gaffe, because you know um, Georgia Tech is okay, nothing yeah. special. I mean, not, Georgia should Tech should not be losing to them. Should no, not. it shouldn't even been close. And so he'll take heat and hopefully bounce back. But you're right, you you be, he's been around the game long enough to know better. I mean, seriously, you know, I, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to know if you have a lead and the seconds are ticking away, what do you do? Protect the football. You don't give the opposition a chance to swat at the ball, and knock it out. Sure enough, it happens. But I'm sure there's a lot of a lot of heat he's taking down there in Miami today. Yeah, and, and rightfully so. You know, he should. He should take a lot of heat. Uh, we didn't really get a chance to get to this. So what do you think tonight? Uh, Raiders and Green Bay uh, are the game uh, tonight. This game's in Vegas. Oh. Vegas is a two-point favorite in the game, Derek. Vegas one and three, Raiders two and two. Uh, let's see. Raiders one and three, Packers two and two. Yeah. Let me see. Jimmy Garoppolo. I guess he's been cleared to play. Let's see. The Raiders won their first three, well, first game 17 16 against the Broncos. Then they got, they lost. Oh my goodness. Well, the schedule's not easy. They lost to Buffalo, Pittsburgh, Chargers. Yep. So that's, that's not, that's not easy. Um, Green Bay, I can't, I can't figure this team out, Rob, because believe it or not, Green Bay should be, Green Bay should be three and one right now. Okay, they blew that game against Atlanta because of a miscue between the center and the quarterback, and they would have run out the clock. No, Atlanta gets the ball back, field goal game winner. 
Um, what happened in that last game for Green Bay against Detroit was a travesty. The offensive line couldn't block for him. And I guarantee you, the uh, Raiders, Raiders defense is coming after Jordan Love tonight. We don't know who's playing for Green Bay, to be honest. You know, you got pro bowlers out everywhere. Uh, if, if, if Jair Alexander's playing the matchup against Devontae Adams, I like Green Bay's chances. If he's not playing, I got to pick the Raiders by three. I like I really the Raiders. Do. Yeah, I think the Raiders, Raiders win home. this one at home. Oh, it yeah. hurts me to say that. Oh, oh, oh. I, oh, I, I, I think it's a kind of a tough spot for Green Bay. I do. I, I, I think it's a, uh, I think it's a Raiders game. Yeah, I do. It, it, it hurts even more so because my wife's family out in Southern California is huge Raiders fans. You know, right, right. and I'm sure I'll be getting to Texas later in the night if if the Raiders lose, if the if the Packers lose this game. I won't respond. Like my brother won't respond to me. I won't respond, but I got to hear my phone humming for about 30 minutes after the game. So <laughs> I got you. Um, all right. Let's do some birthdays and some movies here. Oh, oh, by the way, Sixers played last night. No Embiid, no Harden, no D'Anthony Melton. Nobody cares. Um, <laughs> Maxi and Jaden Springer played well against Boston. In, in a preseason game. So why would you, why would you play Maxie in a game like that? Why? He doesn't need to work. He uh, Boston made, played Tatum. Boston had their, some of their big boys in there. So I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. They, they're, they're getting closer. They're, they're back home. They're practice. You know, their, their camp continues at home. Uh, not all that far away from the regular season. The Flyers start this wow. week too, which is crazy. Will crazy. you watch the Flyers work first game? Yeah. Yeah. Because I want to see, uh, the level, I was going to say the level of badness, but I, I want to see like just what we have on our hands here. If they're going to be like historically bad, like I was talking to Al Morgani on Saturday and I said okay. to him, like, what are we talking about here? Worst team in the league. He said, no, they're definitely not the worst team in the league. He said bottom five ish. Yeah, yeah. Bottom five to seven is where he thinks they are. <clears throat> okay. So. So they they open the season Thursday night. They open the season. Correct? Yeah, they play third. I believe it's Thursday, Saturday, off the top of my head. I'm pulling it up right now. See Thursday night, I'll be watching the Broncos and the Chiefs. Yeah, it is Thursday. They're at Columbus, okay. and then they're at Ottawa Saturday at one in the afternoon. Yeah, see, I'm I won't be watching Thursday night. I'll, I'll you can text me and tell me the score. All right, I'll keep you up to speed. Uh, all right, let's do some birthdays here. All right, so uh, we'll start. John Lennon. The great John Lennon uh, yep. uh, would have been 83 years old today. Was born in 1940. He was assassinated in 1980. John Lennon, uh, Bella Bella Hadid, uh, one of the, uh, the the twins, where there's they're, they're one of the sisters of the with with uh, Gigi, uh, and the other sister. She is 27 today. Uh, Guillermo del Toro, the director, is 59 years. Oh, Gunner, I watched yeah. Reptile. How'd you like it? I liked it. See, I, told I watched you. it Friday night. Yeah, it, it's Benicio del Toro, who also yes. wrote part of the screenplay. He was a co-writer. Yes, one of my favorite actors. Yes. Yeah, he's excellent. He he was very good. I didn't realize Justin Timberlake was in it. Yes. But, um. Yeah, it was a good. It was good. I liked it. It was it was a thriller. You know, you could, didn't quite know where it was going. It was right. good. I'm not going to give it away, but it was good. Have you seen these two movies, both with uh, Chris Hemsworth in it? Have you seen uh, the Covenant? And no, Covenant no, that's two. my next one. Covenant's the next one. And yeah. Covenant Two, uh, no. he plays in both uh, both ends of the movie. You like action movies? You'll love these okay. two movies. Okay, 
I'm on it. I'm on it. Uh, all right. Uh, Sharon Osborne, Ozzy Osborne's wife is 70. Uh, the great singer Jackson Brown is 75 today. Tony Shaloub, the actor, is 70. Scott Bakula, the actor, 69. Brandon Roth, the actor, is 43. Chris O'Dowd, the actor, comedian, is 43. Uh, John Entwistle of The Who was born on this day in 1944. Uh, Tyler James Williams is 31 today. George Kittle celebrating a birthday today. He's 30. John O'Hurley uh, from Seinfeld fame uh, is Mr. Peterman is 69. Uh, Nick Swartzen, the comedian actor, is 47. Mike Singletary, the eyes, is 65 years old. Uh, John Lennon's son, Sean, is 48 years old today. Uh, Michael Perret, the actor, is 65. Steve McQueen, the actor, is 54 today. A very intense dude. Robert Wall is 72. Starling Marte, 35. Jimbo Fisher, 58. Annika Sorenstam is 53. What else do you one have? The, one of the great, great women golfers Phenomenal. of all time. Yeah. Uh, do you have Joe Pepitone? No. Nope. Uh, Joe Pepitone's 83, still with us. Okay. Uh, Cam Robinson, starting offensive tackle for Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, 28. Yep. Charles R. Walgreen, the founder of Walgreens Drugstores. Oh, wow. Born on this day in 1873. Kenny Anderson, former second overall pick from the New Jersey Nets back in 1991, is 53. He's a head coach at Fisk University. Fisk. And Walter O'Malley, who took the Brooklyn Dodgers to L.A., was born on this day in 1903. And, oh, by the way, uh, thank you, Tone, for correcting me. The Covenant is with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, you have to see that movie. That's the one you movie. said to watch, which I'm yes. going to watch. Okay. Yes. The other one is called Extraction and Extraction 2 with Chris Hemsworth. Gotcha. Uh, all three movies, if you like action, great storylines, kind of predictable, but still, very good entertaining movies. I just gave you your entire movie list for the week, my friend. Thank you, sir. Uh, all right, uh, movies. A River Runs Through It, which should be right up your alley. Classic. Fishing. Classic. Yep. I just love the storyline. Brad Pitt, yes. It's excellent. Uh, Steve Jobs' movie was 2015. Couples Retreat was 2009. I didn't see a ton else that I that, that caught my, uh, my ear here. The, the War with Grandpa with, um, uh, who was it? De Robert De Niro. De Niro. That's funny. Um, and then uh, The Addams Family 3 comes out today. I won't be seeing that one. I'm done with The Addams Family movies. Yeah. I'm done with that stuff. Done. Right. Done, right. Robert. Yep. That's do it. That'll do it. All right. Um, so tomorrow we will recap game two of the Phillies and the Braves, NLDS, and then look ahead, uh, certainly the game three, also look ahead to the Eagles and the Jets as the Eagles move to 5-0 and on the season with the win against the Rams yesterday. want to thank all of you in the chat. Uh, great job. Yeah, peeps. I want to thank Tone DeShields, producing the program. Tone, thanks, man. Everybody streaming, everybody listening. You guys are the best. There's no question about that. All right. Don't go anywhere. Coming up, the National Football Show with Dan Cilio will be coming your way uh, next. So don't go anywhere, folks. Looking forward to hanging out with you the rest of the week. Goddard, all the best, man. And we will uh, – Thank will you, brother. You. Same to you. All right. So, everybody, enjoy the rest of your Monday. Enjoy the game tonight. And we will certainly break it all down with you tomorrow. All right. We'll talk to you. That's Derek. I'm Rob. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. See you tomorrow.
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.